Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. This is the last day of the season, or at least it would have been if the football season hadn't been stopped due to the COVID-19 epidemic. We are very proud of the club and everything they've done to help the NHS uh, and how they're using Vicarage Road. And we are thinking of anybody, anybody in the Watford family and the football family who hasn't had a great time in these very weird times. So much weirdness, but this podcast could be the weirdest thing that we've ever done and may ever do in fact the whole last seven eight games would have been the, the weirdest thing that we may have ever done about six weeks ago colin got in touch with me and said john i, I think i might do some some commentary like pretend the leicester game actually happened i went all right then thinking he was a bit mad and it would sound absolutely terrible it didn't it was magical and it gave me the feeling of Watford playing and there being a match day. And I thought, well, there's probably plenty of Watford fans out there who would want that feeling as well. So we started putting out a commentary every week since then. Watford, as you may know or may not know, we won at home to Leicester, 1-0. It was a draw, 1-1, away at Burnley. Then, not the best little run of games, 3-0, loss at home to Southampton. And then a very late goal for Chelsea meant it was a, a win for them at Stamford Bridge. Two home games, one against Norwich, one against Newcastle, both wins, 3-2 against Norwich and 2-1 against Newcastle. A very safe draw away at the London Stadium against West Ham and last week, of course, we lost at home to Manchester City. But it was only 3-1 this time, which is better than a few occasions it's been. But we are now at the last game of the season. Watford are away and Colin will give you the whole build-up with the whole team that are taking part in this. It's not just Colin. Oh, no, 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 no. Even though he is most of the voices you will hear, you will hear from Kelly Sommers. You also hear from Paul Seferat, or as many of you might know him, Matt Rowson. Thank you so much for all their efforts, and we really hope that our little silly weirdness in this very weird times is helping to raise a smile and give you those feelings, good and bad, about Watford. It is D-Day. Will Watford stay up? There's nothing more we can do. It's down to Troy, Nigel and the boys. We head over live, sort of, to Colin at the Emirates. And I leave you with Come On You Horns. A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Welcome to FTRE FM Radio on Sunday the 17th of May for what we're calling Relegation Showdown Sunday. My name is Colin Mace and I am here at the Emirates Stadium to bring you live and exclusive commentary on the Premier League game between Arsenal and Watford. But of course, it isn't just this game that's important today. Which of the five clubs still in danger of being relegated are going to be ushered into Hades by Cerberus the dog at the entrance into what I call the hell of the championship? We all know that the championship is the hardest league in Europe, the hardest to get out of, and if you drop into it, it could be years before you're back. Some fans like to say they prefer the championship to the Premier League, but I'm not having that. We all know the best place to play your football is here, in the Premier League, and there are five clubs fighting to stay up. Today, for this very, very special end-of-the-season programme, we have got correspondents at grounds where there is meaning for this relegation battle. <laughs> Upper Turf Moor, Mike Hodges. It's, uh, it's cold. I mean, it's sunny but cold. I'm looking forward to the game here, obviously, between Burnley, the home side, playing Brighton. Brighton, who have 
just hovered above the relegation zone pretty much the whole of the season. They got off to a decent start, but since then they have just been in and around that relegation battle for the whole, whole season. Grand Pod will be hoping they can get a win today against the Burnley side who really haven't got very much to play for. Burnley are a proud club and they certainly will fight for those three points, I think. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Up at Goodison Park for us for the game between Everton and Bournemouth. Kelly Summers. Bournemouth have had some big games in their history. Two great escapes an unlikely promotion to the Championship, followed by an even unlikelier ascension to the Premier League just two days after Watford did the same. For five years on, today's match at Goodison Park is arguably even bigger. Boss Eddie Howe may have grown up a stone's throw away from the Vic, but he was a Toppies fan at Park and arrives here today looking to ensure the Cherry's top-flight journey doesn't come to a devastating end. He knows his side must win and two of Watford, Villa, West Ham or Brighton must lose as well. It's a huge ask. It's a huge game. He's got a full-strength squad to pick from though with Steve Cook back in the heart of defence and David Brooks is on the bench. But will that be enough? It's Everton versus Bournemouth at Goodison Park. So great to have Kelly on the show today. She'll be bringing us updates from Goodison Park. But over at the London Stadium, where the most crucial game of the day between West Ham United and Aston Villa, we have Paul Saperta. Thank you, Colin. Well, since the turn of the year, this final day fixture has looked significant. And we go into the game with both sides sitting precariously outside the drop zone. A point will be enough for Villa, but West Ham will need to at least match both Brighton and Bournemouth's results to avoid the drop. David Moyes brings in Carlos Sanchez, former Villa man of course for Suchek, slightly surprisingly, with Declan Rice still suspended, but Villa are unchanged from their defeat to Arsenal. It's going to be quite the afternoon at the London Stadium. Well, that's fantastic, Paul. Thank you for joining us today on uh, Relegation Showdown Sunday, as we're liking to call it today. Uh, my name is Colin Mace. Uh, should introduce myself. And alongside me today, two of my favourite pundits on my left, sitting here uh, at the Emirates, is the Scottish international uh, who played, cut his teeth up there in the Scottish Premier League, playing for Rangers, and then came south to play in the same colours at Goodison Park for Everton. And that, of course, is Kenny McPhee. How are you this morning, Kenny? Oh, Colin, I'm really getting excited. The hairs on the back of my neck are starting to stand up. I'm really looking forward to these games. And uh, as you see, there's, there's five clubs and uh, two of them uh, by five o'clock will have been relegated. And it's anybody's guess who those two clubs will be. But I'm really looking forward to this game here at the Emirates. Uh, hoping, uh, as I've sat next to you so often, Colin, I'm hoping that Watford can do something special today and make sure they retain their Premier League status. Well, that's very kind of you. You know that uh, we do have a soft spot for Watford here on FTRE FM radio which by the way you can listen on an old FM set if you have one but we are also a digital station so you can find us on your DAB radio or you can download the app for FTRE FM radio and uh, you can get that from all your app normal app providers and you can listen to us on the go on my right Arsenal legend who played for Olympic Marseille and 41 times, is that correct? For France, the wonderful, the charming, the charismatic David Labouche. David, how are you? Well, Colin, it's so great to be here with you and Kenny. Uh, I think we are like the, the three monkeys, you know, uh, one uh, sees no evil and the other uh, uh, speaks no evil and the other one hears no evil. We are like three, uh, we are like those three funny little monkeys you see sometimes. And uh, so um, I hope that. Um, 
we can uh, have an exciting game today. So great for me to be back here at the Emirates. Obviously, I, I played a, a lot of my football here under Arsene Wenger, and um, I'm excited to see what happens today. And uh, as you say, it is a, it is a showdown Sunday for the five teams in this relegation battle, Colin. David, it's um, it's great. I suspect I'm not the one who speaks no evil. I should do my best not to get too overexcited today, but uh, I don't know how I'm going to manage that uh, with uh, all these exciting matches. So I just want to quickly preview uh, the, the table and the games. Obviously, we have got Brighton versus Burnley up there at Turf Moor. And uh, we've got uh, Everton at home to Bournemouth. Eddie Howe's boys desperate to get a win today to give them, uh, even just to give them a chance to get out of the bottom three. Even if they win, they could still be relegated. And above the line, we have got West Ham and Aston Villa. And that game at the London Stadium is a crucial game. One does slightly feel that whoever loses that game may well be the team to drop down into the bottom three. West Ham at home will have an advantage, but as we know, things are not always happy there at West Ham. And uh, Aston Villa have uh, been fighting and fighting all season long and probably... I don't know how you feel about this, Kenny, but I would say they probably have the best, uh, most talented player in that game. Hey, I think you're right, Colin. Uh, Jack Grealish, I'm assuming you're uh, referring to. And uh, I think he could really be the difference to, uh, to Dio Hupso uh, for his sake. I like Aston Villa. Um, not that I don't like West Ham United. It's going to be very tough for whoever ends up going down today. But um, I, I, it's, uh, it's going to be a breathtaking game, that one. And uh, Paul over there will uh, have his hands full, I suspect. So those are the three games that we have elsewhere here. Uh, Watford will be playing Arsenal. Arsenal haven't got very much to play for, David. They... Um are not going to get into that fifth position whether they win today or not they are marooned in sixth which will mean Europa League football I think for the third season in the row very disappointing how do you feel Arsenal getting on under the new regime of Mikel Arteta with Colina I, I, I like Mik uh, Mikel I, I know him obviously quite well and um, from his days uh, in the game playing and um, so I think he has done quite well too many draws perhaps uh, the squad is a bit uneven I would say but uh, some good players and he can rebuild but Yes, they have not got a lot to, to play for today because they are, as you say, Maroon in sixth. It will be Europa League football. They can't get to that fifth position today. So it is up to Watford to bring the passion and the fight in this uh, relegation showdown to uh, maybe put Arsenal on the back foot. But Arsenal are a proud club and they have got good players. They've got a, a strong manager now, I believe, in Mikel Arteta and he will be certainly telling them not to take their foot off the pedal and uh, to fight hard for the three points and to finish the season on a high. Yes, I think all teams in the Premier League always have that attitude when they're playing against teams who are threatened with relegation. They want to make sure that they're fair to the other teams. Uh, he's playing a strong side today, Mikel Arteta, and uh, we will go through those lineups in just a moment. Great, again, I can't stress uh, uh, enough how great it is to have Paul Seferta at the London Stadium and... Uh, and to have Kelly Summers, the wonderful Kelly Summers, up there at Goodison Park for the game between Everton and Bournemouth. And Mike Hodges, the great legend that is in broadcasting, the broadcasting legend that is Mike Hodges up at Turf Moor in the freezing cold. He'll be wearing one of his big overcoats, I'm sure, to watch Sean Dyche's men take on. Graham Potter's Brighton. I'll just quickly uh, have a look at the table as it stands. So Watford are in 15th and normally at this stage of the season you would say well if you're in 15th you're, you're safe but obviously Watford are not safe. They've uh, All teams have obviously played 37 games. Watford have 38 points and then below them Aston Villa who also have 38 points. Uh, a win for either of those teams. Even uh, a draw for either of those teams will certainly guarantee their safety. It will put them on 39 points. That is the number of points needed to stay safe. 
today. Below them, West Ham just above the line in 17th on 37 points. Again, a win for them will guarantee their safety. A draw may do. Uh, they have got a, a decent goal difference of minus 16, so it may be enough. But below the line, Brighton, uh, who are on minus 15, crucially, uh, on 35 points. Uh, if they get a win, it, it may be enough. Uh, it probably would be enough because of their goal difference. That remains to be seen. And below them, Bournemouth, 35 points and minus 16. So they would have to outscore Brighton if they were to win and give themselves a chance of staying up. But those two teams, Brighton and Bournemouth, are currently holding the two relegation spots above Norwich, obviously, who were relegated a couple of weeks ago, who are playing a dead rubber against Man City. And that's tough on Norwich. They will be playing championship football, um, have been dragged down into Hades, on the river Styx, into the hell that is the championship. I can't state enough my feelings about that. I do hear fans saying it all the time. Oh, I prefer championship football. You win more games. It's more exciting. But I am not happy any of that bunkum I know that if I support a team I want them to be playing in the greatest league in the world and that is the Premier League and that is where we are today and uh, this is the last day of the season Sunday the 17th of May it's relegation showdown Sunday and I'm just going to go very quickly through the lineups for you before and the home team first Arsenal Leno in goal obviously the German goalkeeper who has come in at a very young age to this Arsenal side and he's um, he's growing I think uh, in the job and uh, I will get to David's comments on this side uh, in a moment at right back uh, Hector Bellerin uh, the Frenchman and uh, he obviously had a loan spell at Watford um, what didn't exactly cover himself in glory I think um, if you speak to most Watford fans but he um, yeah he uh, he popped across the hedge at London Colney to uh, play for a while for the Hornets and then in central defence we have Mustafi the German of Albanian extraction uh, next to him Socrates the Greek centre-back and then uh, at left back uh, making a bit of a comeback towards the end of this season is Tierney, who uh, was bought for, uh, uh, at the beginning of this season, I believe, but was injured and um, has uh, not played a great uh, many games, but is, is considered a, a, a very, potentially a very, very good left-back. And uh, so it's good to see him back in the team. Now, ahead of them, we have Chaka, the Swiss player, who was captain, uh, but is no longer captain. Torreira, alongside him, the Uruguayan, uh, the Terrier, uh, as you might call him. He's uh, short in stature, but uh, he has a massive heart and he runs around, covers every blade of grass and throws in those tackles. And then the quixotic uh, German player, Mesut Ozil, who uh, is certainly Marmite for, for many, many people. He is uh, obviously uh, born in from a, a Turkish family and um, has had issues over the over the uh, the last few years playing for Germany and eventually retired because of criticism that he was receiving and he was very outspoken about that and some people would agree with him and others uh, thought that he he made a misstep there but uh, and, and he even here at Arsenal clearly one of the most talented players in Europe but um, struggled to get into Unai Emery's team Arteta has brought him back maybe he's just slightly out of his time he doesn't work hard enough for some of the fans certainly for some of the coaches but on his day he can turn a game in seconds and uh, he's a brilliant finisher now up front there's uh, the three men up front uh, the young English player Saka is playing down the left wing and on the right wing is Pepe who uh, again a French-born player who plays his international football uh, for the Ivory Coast and then in the number nine slot Aubameyang the uh, fabulous iconic Arsenal player of this moment again French born but plays his football for Gabon and uh, I'll talk to David a little bit about that uh, as well later David what do you think 
Well, he has put out a very strong side. I, I don't think that uh, Chaka is very popular with the fans, but um, him and Torreira are difficult to break down, get past. Uh, they can be. They certainly are fit and aggressive, and uh, they help maybe do the running that Mesut Ozil will not do. But um, what I'm excited about the front three, it's nice to see young English player come through uh, in Saka. And on the other side, I think Pepe um, is starting to find his feet in Premier League football, and uh, he's very quick, uh, and he can score, and uh, if he has his confidence, he can be a very dangerous player for this side. So, so it's looking reasonably like a balanced side with a 4-2 and then I suppose a 3 and then a 1. But um, Aubameyang really is the star, I think, of this team and um, Watford will have to do everything they can to stop him from, uh, from getting an advantage and scoring a goal. Absolutely right. On the bench for them, Martinez is, uh, is the substitute goalkeeper. Willock and Nketiah too, and Reese Nelson, three young English players who have come through the ranks here at Arsenal and um, are, th- are starting to get uh, game time in the first team. And then Martinelli, the striker who, uh, I must admit, uh, excites me whenever I see him play. And alongside him, Lacazette, the unfortunate Lacazette, you might say, because he is not really finding his feet here at Arsenal. Uh, maybe we'll just have a little chat about that as well, David. And then uh, the substitute bench is made up by Gwyn. Dozy, who often comes on as a replacement for Torreira late in the game. What about Lacazette? He hasn't really sort of made his mark as he's struggling to get into the side ahead of Aubameyang. Yes, Colin, it is true. Uh, he is a very talented player, but um, he is also a number nine. He does not, uh, when he plays, Aubameyang has to go out to the left, which means Saka cannot play, and Aubameyang does not really like to play out there. He wants to play centrally. So unless you play 4-4-2 and nobody plays 4-4-2 anymore, you can't play both of them. And uh, at the moment, I would pick Aubameyang every time over Lacazette. Wow. Well, that is tough on Lacazette to find himself at a club with a player who is probably just uh, in slightly better form uh, than he is and uh, I, I agree I certainly would pick Aubameyang now let's have a look at this Watford side I know you're waiting to hear who's playing and um, and here is the lineup. we have got Foster in goal and the settled back four uh, of Messina at left back Cabaselli, Cathcart and Firminia at right back and in front of them the two central midfielders that we have come to rely on and uh, Kapu rather lucky I think to be uh, in this game because he was sent off and only received a one match ban for grabbing Declan Rice by the throat before then being headbutted by him <laughs> and uh, Declan Rice got his marching orders and he won't be appearing at the London Stadium because he got a three match ban for a straight red for violent conduct so we have Chalabar and Kapu playing in front of the back four and I suppose you could say this is probably his most attacking side but also his most settled side the side that we've seen so often well back on the left Decore in the middle Saar Ismail Saar fast becoming a Watford superstar out there on the right and up front the iconic the legend the 10 season man Troy Deeney wearing the number nine shirt and the captain's armband and he will be leading the line and trying to cause as much trouble for Mustafi and Socrates as he can. And he will be looking to inspire his teammates to make sure that today, on Sunday the 17th of May, on Relegation Showdown Sunday, Watford are one of the teams to remain in the Premier League. Kenny, what do you think about that? I think he's gone very, very attacking there and I'm surprised in a way because we saw it against West Ham, he went very defensive, put in an extra centre-back in Dawson and tried to get the point but today it's a bit like all guns blazing, go for it boys and see if you can get a win or get a draw and um, it's going to be hard for Watford, this is a ground that they have won at but often uh, when you play Arsenal they, they, or sometimes they can win just by playing uh, in a way 
they don't have to be absolutely at the top of their game to get the win because they have got such magicians in Obama Yang and Ozil and, and now Pepe and Saka so they, they, we will have their hands full but they're going to have to do a lot of defending but We've seen them win here. We remember the game in, uh, in the cup quarter-final. Absolutely, Kenny. I remember that game very clearly. Guardiola smacked the ball in from just outside the area and uh, Watford went on to the uh, semi-final against Palace, which they very sadly lost. But they also won here by the same scoreline in a midweek game under the lights after a very poor performance by Watford against Millwall in the FA Cup. And they came here and Kabul, Yunus Kabul, hit a, a free kick which was deflected and went in and Dini got the second goal and they managed to hold on to a 2-1 win at the end of that game. And, and that was underwater Mazzari, which was not one of the uh, the best seasons Watford have had, I would say. It wasn't that enjoyable for the fans. Mazzari was a rather distant, angry-looking figure and uh, the team were a little unhappy, but they managed to get the 40 points and stay up and uh, got a lovely win at home against Man United in that season. Season. So there were some highlights, but there were also a lot of lowlights in that game at Millwall in the Cup was definitely one of the lowlights, but followed by probably the biggest highlight of the season and away win at Arsenal. So we know what we can do it. It's whether or not they are going to. We will have to go back because there is also uh, other football being played. The fight for uh, the positions of fourth and fifth in the Premier League uh, will be decided again today. But we are concerning ourselves with the relegation battle. The five teams, Watford, Villa, West Ham, Brighton and Bournemouth, all fighting to stay. Two won't make it. Two will be relegated down into the hell of the championship where we may never see them again because the financial implications for clubs dropping out of this league can be brutal. The loss of revenue from TV money and also from attendances, it can be something that is very difficult to recover from. Some teams manage it very well. They go down, they come back up. Burnley have done that, Norwich have done that, but other teams slip and slide and they find themselves in League One or even in League Two. And so this is a very, very crucial day for these five teams. And uh, we're obviously here at FTRE FM Radio, hoping that Watford will be able to do enough to guarantee their stay in the Premier League. So for the time being, from myself and Kenny and from David and from Kelly and Paul and Mike, we are going to throw you back to the studio. We'll be here just before kickoff. Looking forward to it. Welcome back to FTREFM Radio. My name is Colin Mace and I am here at the Emirates Stadium and alongside me, two legends of the game. On my left, Kenny McPhee, who played for Rangers and Everton and on my right, David Labouche, Arsenal legend and played for Olympic Marseille and also France. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you, Colin. That's absolutely fantastic. It's great to be here and the atmosphere is really getting going here at the Emirates. Yes, Colin, I'm so happy to be here alongside you and Kenny. It's a real privilege for me to be back here at the Emirates where I played so much of my football and I am really looking forward not just to the game here but uh, to all the games uh, that involve the relegation battle. Exactly, David. We have got those games covered. We've got the wonderful Kelly Summers up at Goodison Park who will be watching the game between Everton and Bournemouth. We have have our old friend Mike Hodges up at Turf Moor uh, watching the game between Burnley and Brighton and down at the London Stadium my good friend Paul Seferta is keeping an eye on matters there and that game will be a crucial game I believe two teams both involved in the relegation battle here on relegation showdown Sunday and we're about to kick off we um, have had all the uh, the usual pleasantries the handshaking and uh, the flag exchanging and there's Troy Deeney and uh, Patrick Aubameyang uh, shaking hands and getting ready and running off now into their huddles as uh, we see so often nowadays before Premier League football games 
It's the last, uh, I think it's something that's come over from America, Kenny, this huddle thing. Did you used to huddle before games? No, Colin, we did not. Uh, we used to get a right rollicking from the captain before we came out onto the pitch and then it was just up to us to concentrate on our own game. We didn't do all this uh, this hugging and cuddling. But um, uh, yeah, I think it is a good thing in a way because it just gives you that one moment before kickoff where you're totally together and you know what your job is and you've got to get on with the game. Yes, I think so. I mean, obviously, uh, the huddle came in uh, when I was playing. Uh, I'm a little bit younger than Kenny. I, I don't know if you know that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we did some of it. And sometimes it was good. You've got the last few words, focus your mind and get ready to play the game. So uh, they're just lining up and it's going to be Watford uh, kicking off towards the clock end, away from their own fans who are packed over there in the corner. There's not a seat to spare. Every single Watford fan who could get a ticket has got a ticket and they are here at the Emirates to watch this crucial game in the history of Watford Football Club. And it will be Deeney to kick off and he passes it back to Decore there just uh, inside the Watford half and he knocks it back to Chalabar, Chalabar to Kapui. They do always like to get uh, a touch for each of the players, this Watford team, and I've seen that uh, on uh, numerous occasions. And there's Kapu and he's just putting his foot on the ball, no rush to get this game going at any kind of pace and Arsenal are looking uh, fairly relaxed in their own half. They're, they're strolling across the halfway line now to maybe put a bit of pressure on the ball and he passes it out to Saar there, the, uh, the young Senegalese player who's uh, becoming uh, a real superstar here uh, for Watford and he's got the ball and um, he plays it inside to Decore and, uh, and Decore knocks it wide to Welbeck out there on the left where he has played so much of his career and uh, obviously he also played uh, here for Arsenal so he's playing against one of his old clubs and uh, sometimes that gives a player a little bit of extra motivation is that right Kelly? I, I, think, it, I think it does uh, I never did that obviously because Everton never played Rangers um, in Europe or anything like that but I do know from what I've heard and friends of mine who have played against their old club it, it can add a little wee bit more nerves and uh, make you just want to play that wee bit better to show the fans uh, what they've lost exactly and well because has knocked it back to Messina now and uh, what for the hopefully not going to freeze on this occasion they're not going to uh, uh, be rabbits in headlights uh, with the nerves and tension of this game they so much uh, need to do well in this game to get a point or to get the win and assure their Premier League status and Messina knocks the ball long to Deeney and Deeney gets on the ball then inside the Arsenal half there's uh, nearly a minute and a half gone in this game it is still Arsenal nil Watford nil and Ozil comes in uh, and it's a rare tackle there from Ozil he wins the ball quite well and he passes it to Shaka. Shaka, the Arsenal captain plays it inside to Torreira and Torreira is looking for Saka the young English player out there on the left and uh, this could be a good battle uh, between Saka and Saar and possibly Firmenia as well down that side Saka is a very tricky very fast player he's got the ball now and he's he's taking on Saar Saar is uh, running sideways for the back Woods uh, on the half turn to cover his run and Saka plays the ball inside to Ozil and Ozil immediately sprays it out to Pepe on the other side of the pitch. It's a good move from Arsenal there and they're now deep into the Watford half and uh, looking to get the ball to Aubameyang who's standing on the D and uh, there comes Chalabar. Chalabar comes a good tackle from Chalabar there and the ball goes out for an Arsenal throw halfway into Watford half and um, it will be Hector Bellerin who will come up no doubt to take that throw in. It's a good start from Arsenal. David. Yes, uh, Colin, uh, it uh, is a fast that uh, I have noticed uh, in recent times that Arsenal tend to start very fast, but they struggle sometimes to sustain the pace of their game. So they, they like to, to get out of the blocks, as you say, uh, very quickly. And then, But uh, the problem they have is uh, maybe later in the game they uh, struggle to maintain that. Yes, so uh, Watford uh, are looking a little bit nervous. They're all back in their own half now. And uh, it is Bellerin to take this uh, throw in halfway into the Watford half. 
uh, Watford with their back to their own fans, uh, 3,000 Watford fans, and Foster there jumping up and down, doing his usual stretches, and Bellingham throws the ball into Chaka, and Chaka, who is not the most popular of men here at the Emirates, has uh, got the ball at his feet now, and he's uh, looking to, oh, and Chalabar's come in, and that was, um, that was quite a rough tackle there from Chalabar. He did win the ball, but I think he took the man with the follow-through, and um, Mike Dean has decided to blow up and give Arsenal a free kick. We are now three minutes into this uh, first half, uh, this very exciting game here at the Emirates uh, on the 17th of May, relegation showdown Sunday, and um, it will be Ozil who is going to take this uh, free kick, perhaps a little unusually, but he is a master of the dead ball, as we know, he often takes the corners here for Arsenal. And again, this is about halfway into the Watford half, about 10 yards, 10, 12 yards outside the, the Watford area, and um, some of the players, Aubameyang's come forward, Pepe's up there, he's, he's much taller than, than you imagine him to be, Bellerin's come up as well, Mustafi and Socrates, they're packing the box, only Tierney is staying back with Chaka, no, with Torreira, excuse me, and Chaka is there on the edge of the box as well, and Watford have... Uh, pack the box themselves, picking up players. There's a lot of pointing and shouting. Dini is laying down uh, the law there, making sure that everyone has their man. Saar back in the box as well. And here comes Ozan and he, he chips the ball forward and there's Aubameyang. A good header from Aubameyang, but it's uh, straight into Foster's gloves and uh, and that was a good chance there. He managed to get away from uh, his marker, Cathcart, there and he got his head on it. Such a good player, Aubameyang. Uh, and I think that um, we can see that uh, he is really going to trouble this Watford defence today. What do you think about that, David? Well, it was a clever little chip, a uh, sort of free kick from uh, Ozil. He stood it up there and uh, Aubameyang came in from a wide area to uh, jump and he, he out-jumped Gathgat and, as you say, got the head on it, but it just uh, went straight to Foster. Foster, uncharacteristically, has uh, booted this ball forward rather quickly. No time-wasting today, although a nil-nil draw would definitely assure Watford Premier League status. And the ball is up to Dini and uh, Dini uh, slightly miscontrols that and uh, it's been nicked off him by Torreira, the terrier, as uh, I like to call him. He's a uh, short in stature, but He's all over the pitch and uh, snapping into tackles. He's never stops running. Um, one of the sort of player that you'd love to have in your side. And uh, just coming up to the five-minute mark now, Torreira plays it into Ozil. Ozil out to Saka. Saka now out there on the left. He's taking on size. Pass size. Uh, he's played that very well down the outside of size. Keeping the ball very close to the touchline. And Firmino comes out to uh, to try and uh, put some pressure on him there. But um, he's uh, he's pushing. For, uh, he's, well, he's stopped there, uh, Saka. And he's uh, cut back in on, on, onto the inside, onto his right foot. But no, he's gone back outside again onto his left foot. And he's beaten Firmino there. And he's coming into the box now. And he's, he's chipped the ball. Oh, Obama, Yang has scored a goal for Arsenal. What a brilliant piece of football from uh, Saka out there on the left wing and uh, he just drifted into the box and it was a deft little cross come chip and Aubameyang flicked his right foot out of it and it was past Foster before he had a chance to react and uh, well that's what Aubameyang can do and that is a fantastic start for Arsenal, it's a disastrous start for Watford uh, on this uh, day of days, this uh, day of reckoning, um, a day where uh, it's possible that, uh, Two out of five teams will go down and for Watford to concede a goal so early is absolutely devastating, Kenny. Aye, I can't believe that. The Arsenal players have wheeled away there uh, uh, and, uh, well, it's, uh, in front of their own fans, those massive flags have come up and, uh, oh dear, oh dear, that is uh, terrible. Saar really should have stopped him getting past him, but once he was past Saar, uh, he was travelling at such pace and, as you say, cut inside onto his right foot. He totally bamboozled Firminia there and Firminia just... Uh, well, it made him look very slow and, and rather stupid, I think, because he went on the outside and got into the corner of the box and then with his right foot, I, I don't know how he did that. I mean, he just sort of seemed to just stroke the ball and it just rose up and uh, went across and Aubameyang hit it. Uh, well, he hit it first time and it was in, as you see, before Foster had a chance to, uh, to even react. And uh, so that's Arsenal 
scoring the first goal of the afternoon. Yes, and now very quickly, just to have a look at the quick table here after six, nearly seven minutes gone. Now, what would have dropped from 15th to 17th? Because as it stands at the London Stadium, West Ham and Villa will be sharing those points at nil, nil as it is at the moment. So they uh, have moved above Watford. Watford have dropped into 17th. They're now... Uh, well, they're just two points above Brighton and Bournemouth, who obviously are still drawing their games, and so they're on 36 points, and it just shows you how quickly a team like Watford, who were in 15th at the beginning of the day, have dropped to 17th, and any goal in the Brighton or Bournemouth games um, for Brighton or Bournemouth would push Watford down into the bottom three, and uh, that is an absolutely disastrous. David, what a goal that was, though. Oh, yes, Colleen, I mean, this young player, um, this young British player, Saka, is, uh, well, he's, he, um, he reminds me of so many... Uh, young players who, who really have the talent and the confidence, you know, to uh, take players on and to, to fight, uh, and also the skill, I mean, the, techni the technical uh, aspect of that goal, uh, the little, as you say, the depth cross with his right foot, and uh, well, Aubameyang does what uh, Aubameyang does, he just uh, puts the ball in the back of the net. Yes, that's right, now uh, the Arsenal players have finished celebrating, <laughs> it's taken nearly two minutes, and they uh, are wandering back into their own half, they've got their back to, to the clock end, and... Um, are going from left to right as we look from our eerie up here at the top of the stand at the Emirates Stadium. It is now eight minutes gone and it will be Deeney again to restart the game and uh, he is looking absolutely furious. His face is a uh, face of thunder. He can't believe that, he, uh, that Watford have allowed Arsenal to score so early and that is, a, as I say, a disastrous uh, outcome so far for the Hornets. But um, Deeney knocks the ball back to Welbeck this time and Welbeck uh, plays it back to Charabar and then makes his run forward. Chalabar knocks it long and uh, Watford seem to have slightly frozen here they look uh, a little bit um, what's the word dumbstruck perhaps and uh, Chalabar plays the ball forward to Welbeck again and uh, Welbeck brings it down and Bellerin is there just uh, trying to keep him uh, on the outside uh, down the touch and he won't let Welbeck cut back inside Welbeck is trying he's got his hands on Bellerin there and uh, Bellerin is, is uh, complaining to the referee but uh, he's allowing uh, Mike Dean's allowing uh, play to continue and Welbeck still on the ball there and still fighting with Bellerin this is a great battle between these two players who obviously know each other very well from Welbeck's time here at Arsenal but Bellerin finally gets the better of Welbeck there and Welbeck loses the ball and he just throws his arms down by his sides in frustration and then Bellerin plays it very calmly forward to Chaka who plays it back to Socrates I think his first touch on the ball and he plays it out wide to the young Scott Tierney and who gets the ball and brings it forward again and he plays it forward to Saka now and they're crossing the halfway line into Watford's half and Arsenal really cock a hoop at the moment they look full of confidence and full of drive and Watford look uh, really like a, a deer caught in headlights and Saar there just um, well he just throws himself this time at Saka and uh, fouls him and the ball does go out for a throw but I think it will be a foul just inside the Watford half uh, to Arsenal and Saka has just thrown the ball back to Tierney who's coming up to take the ball we are now nearly 10 minutes into this first half it is Arsenal 1 Watford 0 and as far as I'm aware there were no goals at the other games Watford have dropped to 17th position in the table and uh, that is a disastrous thing for Watford now can Arsenal make this uh, free kick inside the Watford area pay and it's Tierney coming up to hit it with his left foot and he knocks it all the way across to Pepe who does a, a wonderful bit of control plucks the ball out of the air with his right foot and brings it down and uh, there's Messina and Messina does well then wins the ball off Pepe and Pepe looks uh, well, he looks, um, he looks furious, in fact, and he's uh, turning to uh, the referee and saying that must have been a foul, but I don't think there was a foul. And now Messina is trying to play the ball into Chalabar, but Chalabar is hesitant on the ball. He put his foot and he slowed the game down, passes it to Kapu, and Kapu knocks it back to Cathcart, who plays it through to Cabaselli and back to Foster. And there was an opportunity there, I felt, um, Kenny, for Watford to get forward, but they, they, didn't, they didn't take it. And the ball is now with Foster, and Arsenal are very happy for him to have it in his own area. No one's really making much of an effort to come forward. 
I think you're right. Uh, that goal will have ripped the heart out of Watford. It's going to take a, a wee bit of time for them to, to kind of reboot themselves and, and get that confidence back. He's played an attacking side, Nigel Pearson. They'll be absolutely furious that that goal was scored. But, you know, Watford have got to sort this out amongst the 11 men. They've got to get together. They've got to play for each other. They've got to believe in each other. They've got to have the confidence to get back in this game. And Foster still has the ball and uh, he's just played it forward to Messina. Messina who's been a, a bit of a um, ever-present under Nigel Pearson and, and a good young player, only 24 years old and um, uh, seems to be growing in stature with each game he plays. But today that whole Watford side seem uncertain about whether they should sit deep and, and try and control the game from there or whether to get forward and try and put Arsenal under pressure at the moment they aren't doing either. Messina plays it to Chalabar. Chalabar now uh, plays it forward to Decore. And Decore has got the ball on the halfway line there and uh, plays it just uh, ahead of him to Dini. He's playing quite close to Dini at the moment and, um, and Dini with his back uh, to the goal uh, is waiting and is being attended to by Torreira who's trying to nip in and nip the ball off him like he does and Chaka is there um, leaning against Dini. Dini's holding them off at the moment and Decore has made a forward run and, and um, he's got in behind Chaco and Torreira, in between the lines, as we like to say. And uh, Dini finds Decore, and there's Decore on the ball now. He's approaching the Arsenal area, and there's Saar coming, flying down the right-hand side, and he, he just plays the ball out to Saar. There's Tierney, tries to tackle Saar, but he can't. Saar cuts inside. This is good from Watford. And Saar into the byline, he crosses the ball, and there's, there's Decore. But, oh! <laughs> he tries something very athletic there, and... Uh, he goes up in the air and he tries to bicycle kick the ball and I'm not quite sure what, he got himself into a ter terrible position there, Kenny, but, uh, but a good effort and, and much more like it from Watford. This is what they're going to need to do. It was lovely play there from Dini to hold the ball up against both Chaka and Torreira, waiting for the run of Decore. He was encouraging him to run through. Go on, go on, he was saying. And Decore make, made the run a little hesitantly at first, but he received the ball back off Dini, played it out to Saar. Saar got to the byline and the cross came in and uh, yes, he got himself into a, a slightly strange position there. It is now nearly 13 minutes into the first half and... Um, we are, uh, it is Arsenal 1 and it is Watford 0, but uh, what about that, Kenny? <laughs> well, it was a sort of semi-tape bicycle sideways kick or something, I don't know. But uh, had, he caught it, had it gone in, he would have been a Watford legend probably for the rest of his life. But um, no, he got that all wrong and uh, went over the bar for the Arsenal goal kick. David, um, your view on that? Well, Colin, it was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, something that I would definitely have tried. Uh, and, uh, but it was a shame because there was so much good work in that build-up and uh, it's a shame that uh, Ducori wasn't able to finish it. But it was a good chance and it would give some of those Watford players a little bit more confidence. This Arsenal side, that back four, is uh, something that you can get at. I don't think it is the strongest uh, department of, uh, of the Arsenal side. Uh, I'm sure it isn't. And um, I think also Chaka is sometimes guilty of not uh, covering and getting back and protecting his back four. So Watford uh, definitely should feel happy now that they have a created their chance for themselves and they can go on. Leno has the ball now and uh, he's just placing it down on the six-yard line. We're now approaching 14 minutes into this first half. As I say, it's Arsenal 1, Watford 0. No goals in the other games so far. So Watford have dropped from 15th position down to 17th, just hovering above the relegation line. It's uh, it's really uh, terrible for these things. We love it as fans, of course, uh, these relegation battles, but for the fans, for the players, for the players' families, for the coaches, for the managers, for the owners, it must be absolutely excruciating. Neither of the two good gentlemen alongside me have ever been in a relegation battle. I think that's right. No, no, I, I was in, uh, in one once um, towards the end of my Everton career. We were down there in the bottom five and... Uh, it was absolutely awful. You wake up in the morning with a cold sweat. You didn't look forward to training. You hated playing games. You just kind of thought you were losing the run. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's terrible. Then has played the ball forward to Pepe, and it's, a, it's actually a decent pass. And uh, Welbeck probably should have got back and picked him up there. But um, 
he was uh, slightly um, had his arm for ball and Pepe's got the ball in uh, on the halfway line and uh, he really has grown into his game here in the English Premier League since he arrived at Arsenal where he had a bit of a slow start and um, wasn't as popular as perhaps he might be come for a lot of money as well I know, for a lot of money so here's Pepe on the ball and he plays it inside to Ozil Ozil's looking like he's at it today and I have to say he's doing quite a bit of running and uh, he's certainly dictating the forward play for Arsenal he plays it out wide to Saka and this young man really can't do anything wrong at the moment he gets the ball forward uh, he's bringing it uh, forward himself and he's um, in behind Saar now Kapu's come over to deal with the young man and he just uh, he kicks the ball away for an Arsenal throw in and, uh, and I think he may have left a little bit on Saka who is dancing around um, saying that his foot has been trodden but Mike Dean comes across with his, his palms down to say calm down lads and uh, don't get uh, over excited at this stage in the game I don't want to get that yellow card out at this moment he's looking at Kapu Kapu uh, clearly has um, <laughs> become a bit of an enforcer under Nigel Pearson Kenny uh, he has and he's always had that in his game and uh, obviously having played for Spurs this game against Arsenal does have a little bit of extra resonance if it needed any with it being a relegation dogfight but but Kapu is um, you know he's been sent off a couple of times in recent weeks and uh, he's definitely got a little bit about him now and uh, he likes to get stuck in and really lead that midfield and show and give no quarter and uh, yeah uh, poor Saka really probably will be feeling that tomorrow with a bruised too. Anyway, it's Tierney's come running up. Uh, they look uh, certainly in a hurry, and Watford really still, uh, despite the chance they created, they're really looking very hesitant. They're dropping back whenever they haven't got the ball really very deep now, and uh, and uh, it's Tierney. He makes the throw into Torreira. Torreira's come short, plays it back to Tierney, as we so often see with throw-ins, and Tierney uh, knocks it into Saka again. And here comes Saka again, and really they need to do something about this player, Watford. They need to stop this channel being so dangerous for Arsenal. Dini's come across to help Saar deal with the young man, but that's left to Bamiang, uh, who's come short again, and he picks the ball up now. We're halfway inside the Watford half, and uh, Bamiang has the ball centrally, and he, he's looking to play it, but uh, he's uh, being attended to by Chalabar and Kapu now, uh, putting Bamiang under some pressure, and uh, uh, Saar has come back and is uh, tracking the run of Saka, so he's not available, and uh, it's in fact Tierney who receives the ball, who's come up now to the halfway line. And Tierney is uh, a very good and exciting young player at left-back for this Arsenal side, plays it inside to Torreira. Arsenal keeping the ball well now, keeping it as they liked to do and as they have liked to do for years under Arsene Wenger. They like to play the Arsenal way, as they say, and Chaka has the ball now. Chaka plays it into Ozil, Ozil out to Pepe, and uh, it's very easy for Arsenal to keep the ball at the moment because Watford are sitting back and uh, not really putting too much pressure on the ball. They're very, uh, they'd be very worried about conceding a second goal because then it would be almost impossible, I think, for them to come back. And Pepe has the ball again, and Pepe is, uh, is getting forward and he's he's being tracked by Welbeck, and Messina comes out to make sure that he also um, uh, is there in attendance to stop Pepe getting to the byline and crossing the ball. We've seen what happens when they are able to do that Aubameyang is so dangerous when a cross comes in so um, Pepe turns and recycles the ball back to Bellerin and Bellerin with his pace comes forward again and he's also now on the halfway line plays it sideways to Chaka Chaka to Torreira Torreira out to Saka again and Saka has the ball for the upteenth time already in this first 18 minutes of this first half Saka getting forward again and Saar really struggling to deal with him at the moment they certainly equal each other in pace, but Saka is tricky. He's got very, very good feet, very quick, and Saar is not used to having to defend against somebody uh, to track her. Uh, every single Watford player, I notice, is in their own half. Dini has come back and he's playing alongside Decore there pretty much in a, in a kind of 4-2-4 system at the moment. They're desperately trying to keep Arsenal out. Arsenal are really looking like they've got their dander up, and Saka plays it into Ozil. Ozil makes a definite chip over the top of Welbeck and just in front of Messina, where Pepe picks the ball up and beats Messina, gets to the byline, and he crosses the ball, and it's a good cross, but 
but Cathcart just gets to it before Aubameyang and he heads it out and he goes all the way across the pitch and goes out for an Arsenal throw and Tierney is racing up the pitch to take that they really feel they've got Watford on the rack here you can tell the way that the Arsenal players are playing they're pointing at each other they're smiling they're, they've definitely got a lot more energy than these Watford players who seem to have concrete legs at the moment Tierney plays the ball all the way back to Socrates who's uh, just inside the Watford half and the whole apart from uh, Burnt Leno every single player is inside the Watford half at the moment and uh, uh, it's 19 minutes gone now and uh, <sighs> Watford really have got their work cut out David. yes uh, I think they have and um, it is looking uh, not good for Watford at the moment because Arsenal are really playing at uh, their peak and they are passing the ball very well keeping the ball they are not allowing Watford to get hold of it to uh, uh, robbing them of their confidence and as you say their, their legs look heavy and uh, their heads uh, are down a little bit their shoulders slumped and uh, they are shouting at each other to pick up players but they are not getting on the ball and they need to get on the ball if they are going to get an equaliser and get back in this game I, I, I've got to echo that um, Colin I think that uh, it's really looking quite poor for Watford at the moment and uh, well, I, I don't know what's going to be the catalyst for change, but uh, Arsenal really have their, uh, as you see, their dander up at the moment. Uh, yes, and it's Chaka still on the ball, and they've been passing it back and forth between them, toying almost with Watford. It's humiliating this, and the Watford fans over to my right behind that goal in the corner there, 3,000 Watford fans packed in to that lower tier are very, very quiet. There's no singing. They're just standing there, some of them with their hands over their mouths. They're very, very worried that this could be the day when Watford finally, after five good seasons, fall out of the Premier League and down into the hell that is the championship. Not something that I would be looking forward to as a player, as a fan, as an owner or anything. And, um, and now Pepe has it. And Pepe is uh, almost toying. He's rolling his foot over the ball. And Welbeck, uh, Welbeck just... Uh, well, I think that's fair enough in a way. If you're going to show back to a man like Danny Welbeck, he's just going to come right through you and he's done that. And uh, Mike Dean's coming over and I think this time he is. Uh, he is going to, to book Danny Welbeck. It was a, a quite an aggr aggressive foul that. Yeah, uh, yes, I, I think it was good, but I understand why he would do that. You cannot uh, take the mickey, if you like, uh, out of a player by rolling your foot over the ball like Pepe did. I mean, I don't know why he's doing that. It's very early in the game and... Uh, and Danny just went no no and uh, whack uh, went in um, but uh, not a red card but a uh, nasty tackle on Pepe and Pepe is absolutely upset and furious but I tell you one thing he will not do that again to Danny Welbeck no he will not and it's Bellerin uh, now who has uh, come up uh, to take this free kick just inside the Arsenal half um, Danny Welbeck is complaining to the referee that um, that sort of showboat he got what it deserved and uh, Dini's come across there and he's pulling Welbeck away from um, <laughs> from Mike Dean who is looking quite sternly at Danny Welbeck it was definitely um, an unprovoked uh, attack there by Danny and Pepe is uh, still complaining but uh, it's Bellerin now and he's going to take this free kick and he just knocks it back really there's nothing in this game now for Arsenal at the moment they've knocked it back uh, to Mustafi and he plays it all the way back to Bert Leno in front of his own goal and he's just playing with the ball and waiting to see which what the player is going to come out and Dini has made his way forward at a kind of a trot but he won't want to commit himself too far forward because if Arsenal score a second goal uh, it really will be very, very difficult for Watford. We're approaching 22 minutes into this first half. It is Arsenal 1, Watford 0, and the ball is with Bernd Leno uh, in his own area. So currently Watford in 17th position, just above the relegation zone. And he uh, knocks the ball. In fact, he picks it up and throws it out to Tierney there at left back. And Tierney just plays it inside to Socrates. No, no rush from the Arsenal players at the moment, but they have to be careful. Having started so well, what they don't want to do is get overconfident, fade and get further back and deeper into their own half. Oh, we are news from our producer. Um, I need to go up to Turf Moor. The game between Burnley and Brighton. Mike Hodges. Yeah, Colin, there's been a goal here um, and it's gone 
to Brighton and uh, it's a good goal from Glenn Murray. A cross came in uh, and uh, Glenn Murray just got his head on it like he does. He's such a good finisher even though he's about 140 years old, Colin. And uh, he's, uh, he's given Brighton the lead and that will give Brighton fans real hope that uh, they can uh, they can stay up today. And uh, so, yes, it's very exciting here. The Brighton fans are going absolutely crazy. Glenn Murray is down there celebrating. He's on the whole length of the pitch to celebrate in front of his own fans. And uh, there's a huge pile up of Brighton players and coaches. Everyone is screaming and shouting. Such an important goal for Brighton. I know Balby and Graham Potter will be absolutely delighted that he picked Glenn Murray today. There was some doubt about whether he would or keep him as a substitute. But he's done his job. He's got a goal. Back to you, Colin. Thank you very much. Absolutely breathless there. So what does that mean for the table after uh, 23 minutes? Brighton have taken the lead at Turf Moor against Burnley and that has dragged Brighton up into 16th position on 38 points because of their superior goal difference and the club that has dropped into the bottom three is our very own Watford Football Club and uh, they now on 38 points but with a worse goal difference have dropped into the relegation zone. That is absolutely disastrous. This, uh, this afternoon couldn't have started worse for Watford. They've conceded a goal in the fifth minute to Arsenal and now Brighton have gone and scored at Turf Moor and that has meant that Watford have dropped from 15th position at the beginning of the day down into 18th position and that is below the line. That is, you're on the boat, on the River Styx and you are heading towards Hades, the hell of the championship. Uh, dear, oh dear, Kenny, what can Watford do? I don't know, it's... Uh, that's an absolute, that's a body blow and uh, I'm sure that the Watford bench will have heard that news and they'll be passing that out to the players saying, come on lads, you've got to get an equaliser, you've got to get out of your own half and uh, and get going and uh, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, that is bad for Watford. Yes, uh, Colin, it is, um, that is a sad day. I, I'm, I'm really hoping that Watford can do something. Uh, obviously, Arsenal are my club, but uh, I have a soft spot for Watford. We had our training grounds next to each other, and uh, we, it would be nice to see Watford do something and, and, and not go down. But uh, I fear for them at the moment. Uh, them and Bournemouth, who came up together uh, a few years ago, and uh, they are both stuck in the, in the bottom three of Wittenberg, and um, this is going to be very difficult uh, for Watford to make a difference here. It's, uh, it's, it's a hard place to play as, as the away team. So um, yes, quite a lot's uh, happened in the last couple of minutes. It's slightly breathless. I'm really struggling <laughs> to keep up with it all. Uh, as you can imagine, it's 25 minutes into the game and Burton has played it out. Um, the ball went out for a goal kick. Oh, and uh, we ought to just uh, go round the ground. So first we're going to go to Goodison, Kelly Summers. Big let off here for Watford fans, Colin, and fans of all other clubs in the relegation shape-up as well. Everton has started this one really brightly but Callum Wilson has just spurned Bournemouth's best chance by far. I mean, I've watched it four or five times now and I genuinely think I or maybe even you could have scored it. I have actually expected him to jump up and reveal a Villa of Watford shirt underneath his cherries one in celebration of the miss. He was bearing down on goal, rounded Pickford and somehow blazed over the bar from eight yards out. It's remarkable. I can't quite believe it, but it's still goalless. And let's go to the London Stadium and hear from Paul Seferta. It's been a very slow, cagey start here. Nothing much to report, no goal of action. Both sides look extremely nervous and the tension in East London is palpable. West Ham nil, Aston Villa nil. Thank you very much, our correspondents there, keeping us up to date. And uh, I'm not sure I would have scored that. I've just watched that uh, miss from Callum Wilson on the monitor here. And uh, yes, uh, well, maybe, maybe I would have slotted that home in my younger days. But that is a, a real 
uh, a let off again for Watford because the last thing we need at the moment really is for Bournemouth to get on the score sheet as well. Watford in deep trouble here. We've um, now about 27 minutes into this first half and uh, really there isn't much to speak of in this game. Arsenal have been controlling the ball pretty much for the whole of the first half. Watford have barely had a touch on it and uh, at the moment the ball is in midfield with Torreira and Chaka and Ozil and really Watford are finding it so hard not only to win the ball but even if they do win the ball to keep the ball and uh, they seem to be at sixes and sevens at the moment Kenny they seem to be lacking in confidence and uh, they, they just don't seem to be able to get going today no, you're absolutely right. Arsenal are toying with Watford, and uh, I think they must have had about 75% possession in the last uh, in the last sort of 20 odd minutes or so. And uh, they started brightly, they got the goal, and now they're just controlling the game. Yes, uh, David, what do you uh, you concur with that? I do call in it. Um, it's sad to see, but uh, obviously Watford need to change something. They need to make a difference here, and I think it is a collective will to get the ball and get forward, and maybe to rough up this Arsenal side a little bit. Uh, we saw Welbeck go into Pepe earlier, but. Um, it's very difficult for Watford at the moment, especially with that Brighton goal that would really hurt them. So we're now uh, 28 minutes into the first half and uh, it's Aubameyang on the ball on his own on the halfway line and uh, still Watford are unable to get this ball off the uh, the red and white players of Arsenal. He's played it out to Pepe there and Welbeck uh, can't afford to put in another tackle uh, like he did earlier, otherwise he'll be uh, getting a second yellow, although the frustration is starting to show on Danny Welbeck and Pepe is a very, very fine player. But this time Welbeck does win the ball off him. Finally, Watford have the ball and Watford play, he plays it, Welbeck plays it back to Chalabar who's about halfway uh, in his own half, still quite deep, plays it wide to Kapu and Kapu looks up he's looking for a pass and he plays the ball out wide to Saar who's managed to get in behind Saka and this time it's Saar with the ball and it's Saka that has to come back and, and try and uh, uh, track his run but Saar is too quick and he's going to leave that hand over to Tierney and Tierney comes forward to try and stop Saar from getting forward And uh, but Saar just stops and uh, brings the ball back and onto his left foot he uh, passes it inside this time to Kapu, who's come forward for the first time in the game. And he's played it into Decore there just ahead of him, playing in the number 10 role, if you like, who um, then recycles the ball back to Chalabar. And this time we are now on the halfway line with Chalabar with the ball at his feet. And he plays it out to Welbeck, who takes the ball forward towards Bellerin. Bellerin is uh, extremely quick and, and a good defender on his day, but he, you can get at him with a bit of pace and a bit of strength. And Welbeck is definitely trying to do that again. And this is the second time we've seen this battle taking place on the pitch at the moment. Welbeck using his upper body to keep. Bellerin at play and he cuts the ball back into Decore and Decore snapshot there a good shot but it just bent away hit it with his right foot and it just went past the post again I think Leno had it covered but again it was a bit of ambition there Decore so good at getting up into those positions just on the edge of the D and really has made a difference since Nigel Pearson uh, came to the club and has played Decore a bit further forward and it was good play there from Welbeck that's what we want to see him doing using his power using his pace and Bellerin is um Having a bit of tussle there with, uh, there's a little bit of afters there with Welbeck. He sort of pushed him on the shoulder. Welbeck's turned around, faced up to him. And, uh, well, I wouldn't want to uh, bet on Bellerin in that fight, I have to say. I think Welbeck would win hands down. Anyway, um, they've certainly got a little bit more fire in their belly, these Watford players. But that will be a goal kick uh, to Arsenal. Burton Leno has the ball and he plays it out um, just to the edge of his area to Tierney. He plays it forward to Socrates. But this time, Decore and Capu uh, have stayed up and they are pressing the ball. And for the first time now, we see Watford pressing the ball after 30 minutes of this game, with it being Arsenal 1, Watford 0. And it is Capu who is putting some pressure on Torreira. Torreira is going left and right, trying to turn, turn, get it to Chaka. Chaka gets the ball. But there's Chalabar now pressing about halfway into the Arsenal half. And finally, this midfielder Watford have come forward and trying to press the ball and win possession high up the pitch. There's Decore, comes in and nicks the ball off Chaka. That's good. Gets it to Dini. Dini with his back to goal. Passes it out to Welbeck. Welbeck crosses the ball there oh, oh how did he miss how did he miss he came in from the right the ball was played over the top by Welbeck and uh, 
He hit it first time. If only he was had Aubameyang's touch, perhaps. It was a difficult chance. He hit it on the volley, but it went very, very close, just over the crossbar. And this was so much better from Watford. So much more ambition, Kenny. Uh, you're right. I mean, uh, I really thought he was going to score then, but the lad doesn't hit the volleys very well. I, I know that because I've seen him. <laughs> I've seen him miss a few. I think uh, earlier in the season up at Anfield, he had a, a half volley and he totally skied it or miskicked it. And uh, yeah, he's, he's better with the ball on the ground at his feet. He's not so good when the ball's in the air. But um, it was a good chance and good play again from Welbeck. He's definitely got the. He's, got, he's sizing up Bellerin, I think. Um, so uh, yeah that will be a continued battle but I don't know what happened to Mustafi and Socrates there they were, really went absent without leave and Tierney didn't pick up Sars run and uh, well that, that could have been one all but it's not no it's not and we're now uh, 32 minutes into this first half it is Arsenal 1 Watford nil, and uh, around the grounds we know that up at Turf Moor Brighton have taken the lead against Burnley a Glenn Murray goal and uh, that has dragged Brighton out of the bottom three they're now sitting in 16th place and Watford have dropped in to the bottom three and currently in 18th position and that is a disaster for Watford uh, they definitely need to do something here in order to stop the inevitable relegation. Leno has uh, kicked the ball long for once and uh, Arteta over there on the touchline doesn't look overly happy that he's done that because uh, they have immediately lost the ball. Cavaselli's come up there and he's won the ball on his chest. Very poor uh, kick from Leno because there wasn't really anybody out there uh, to get on it apart from Aubameyang and um, that's not really uh, what he's there for. So Cavaselli's got the ball and plays it forward to Kapu now on the halfway line. Kapu looking to get forward. There's a, a little bit more uh, coming into the legs of these Watford players now and Decore's uh, calling for the ball. He's got his back to goal but he's got his hands down by his side saying give me the ball give me the ball, gets the ball to Decore and Decore knocks it out to Welbeck. This is turning into quite a good little partnership there, Decore, Welbeck, Axis there. Pepe not too keen to come back and... Uh and press the ball there so he's just uh, Welbeck is in between Pepe and Bellerin Chuck has come across and uh, but Welbeck again just recycles the ball he turns and plays it back to Chalabar who's just inside the Arsenal half inside the centre circle and plays it along the ground to Capu and back to Decore and Decore out to Saar again this is much much better for Watford they look like they've got a bit of confidence from these chances they've had Dini is there just prowling like a caged tiger on the edge of the box and uh, he will be looking to take his chance if one comes along Mustafi and Socrates are playing very very, very close attention to Dini but Saar chips the ball up to Dini there and Dini wins it with his head and he just uh, manages to sort of knock it up and it drops down to his feet and he's he's hunched over the ball as we so often see when he likes to hold up to the ball and he's looking to find someone to pass it and he eventually passes it out to Welbeck there on the left and Bellerin, come, Bellerin comes through him there and that was not a good tackle from Hector Bellerin we know that he has a tendency to be a bit of a hothead at times and uh, he's given away a foul in a very dangerous area there just about two or three yards outside the corner of the Arsenal penalty area and this is an opportunity for Watford David. Yes, it is going, and uh, they've got to try and get uh, uh, the centre-backs up and uh, to get the big men, as we like to say, uh, uh, up into the box and maybe to create a chance for Watford to get this equaliser before half-time. Aye, that's right, and um, they'll have something planned, I'm sure, for occasions like this. You know, in, in big games like this, you, you try to plan and prepare for every eventuality, and I'm sure they'll have something planned for this, and hopefully they can make it tell. And the Arsenal players are... Well, they're complaining bitterly and in fact Bellerin has been booked and I think he's been booked really more for dissent 
um, than for the original foul. He was uh, screaming and shouting at Mike Dean there. Mike Dean doesn't like being shouted at. I know that because I, I once met him and uh, I saw someone having an argument with him and he really didn't like it at all. It wasn't me. I would never argue with the referee. So Watford are coming up now and we are going to see uh, uh, ambition uh, from this Watford side. They're going to commit men forward, I think. So we've got a two, three-man wall uh, for Arsenal. But um, the Chalabar and Kapoor have both gone into the box. Cathcart, Cabaselli have come up, as has Messina. Firmenia has stayed back. Sarah has gone up. Decore is on the edge of the box. Dini, Welbeck, they're all in there. Uh, only really Firmenia is standing on the halfway line, but he hasn't got anyone to mark because, apart from Aubameyang, every single Arsenal player has come back to defend this free kick. We are 35 minutes into this first half. It is Arsenal 1, Watford 0. Up at Turf Moor, it is Burnley 0, Brighton 1. Watford are in the relegation zone. They are 7th, 18th uh, at the moment and they would desperately need to get a goal to even things up and get themselves back out of that relegation zone. So it is going to be Messina who's come up to take this and he's going to hit this with his left foot and be looking for Dini, possibly well back there at the far post. Here comes the ball from Messina. Oh, he's hit the wall with that. That's not a great free kick. It's hit the wall. It's come out. It's come back to him though. That's good. Firmini has uh, come up from the halfway line. He's received the ball and uh, Sars come short. He's played it back out to Sars there on the right side of the uh, Arsenal area who's crossed the ball in. There's Dini with a header but he doesn't get enough on it and it goes straight into Leno's arms but um, again it was good from Watford. They kept their they're calm, the ball hit the wall, it came back out, he played it to Firminia, went out to Sars, Sars cross Dini, but no goal. Uh, but again, a bit more confidence creeping back into these Watford legs after a very, very slow and nervous start, Kenny. I, I think that's right, we're really starting to see Watford get, I mean, they've got nothing to lose now. I mean, obviously they have got something to lose, they could concede a second goal, but what I mean is you've got to have that energy and belief if you're going to get back into this game. Arsenal are a very, very good side and uh, it's going to be very tough for them, but that was another good chance for Watford. Yes, uh, I have to concur with uh, my good friend Kenny, uh, Kenny McPhee there. Um, we uh, saw Watford a bit more ambition and uh, getting men forward and I, I like to see that. I think that's the only way they can get back into this game. So we've got just over eight minutes or so uh, of the first half to go. Uh, we are 36, uh, nearly 37 minutes into this first half. It is Arsenal 1, Watford 0. And Leno is just bouncing the ball in his own area, uh, looking to slow things down. I don't think there's any great urgency from Arsenal. But again, I, as I say, I think that is a bit of a danger for Arsenal. If they slow things down too much, they will invite Watford onto them. Watford will gain confidence from that. And Arsenal may uh, find themselves in difficulty. And we have seen that from Arsenal a lot, David, haven't we? Where they start brightly and then they sort of fade in the middle part of the game. And, uh, and then they don't. They end up with these draws that they've had a lot of draws since Mikel Arteta has come in. Yes, sir, Colin, that is absolutely right. They like to start very fast and get a goal, but then they get maybe a bit arrogant or they don't like to finish a team off. Uh, they like to play the ball around. And uh, so uh, we are seeing a little bit of that now uh, from Arsenal. They're, they're not exactly attacking Watford as they were in the first 10 to 15 minutes. No, exactly right, David. And uh, we're now approaching the 38-minute mark. And uh, it's, uh, it's looking... A, a bit of a stalemate at the moment. Watford have come back into the game and uh, Leno has now eventually played it out to Bellerin at right back and Bellerin has just played it very landily into Mustafi. Mustafi tried to bring the ball forward and he's uh, actually brought the ball forward about 10 or 15 yards and he's laid it off to Chaka now. Chaka with the ball just on the halfway line. Chalabar and Kapoor getting up now to put some pressure on that ball as they should be and Decore also but Decore is trying to stay in some space just in case we, Watford can win the ball uh, and play it to him and that's really been his great skill. So now, uh, I've received news. We have to go uh, to Goodison Park. Kelly Summers. 
there has and could this be the most important goal in Bournemouth's history? Could this be the goal that secures their safety and a place in the top flight for the sixth straight season? And it's been scored by a man who likely won't even be here for it. Ryan Fraser, out of contract this summer, has quite simply defied gravity and his short frame turning with his back to goal to score the most sensational bicycle kick. Surely a late contender for goal of the season beyond Jordan Pickford. The Cherries have a lifeline. There's a long way to go, but for now, they're out of the drop zone. Everton nil, AFC Bournemouth 1. Thank you, Kelly, uh, for news of that goal. And uh, my word, that does make a difference. Uh, it doesn't. It drops Watford from 18th to 19th position now. And um, that is, again, really not what uh, Watford wanted. They wanted to see Everton get ahead in that game, but they haven't. Bournemouth have gone and scored. Ryan Fraser, a wonderful player, Kenny, and um, he's done the job for Bournemouth. So Bournemouth have jumped out of the relegation zone for the first time. It is now Aston Villa in 15th uh, and Brighton, uh, in 16th and Bournemouth in 17th position they are the ones in the safety positions below the line West Ham for the first time have dropped in to the bottom three today and they are in 18th position and that is due to their goal difference which is oh, marginal minus 16 as opposed to Bournemouth's minus 15 and Brighton's minus 14 Watford as I say in 19th position with a goal difference of minus 22 which is really hurting them today but uh, if they can get a goal they'll be safe and that's uh, that's that's the basic fact if you're a Watford fan. Watford need to score a goal. We're 30, nearly 40 minutes into the first half and the ball is in midfield with Decore at the moment. And Decore has played it back to Chalabar. And Chalabar is uh, knocking it sideways to Capu. Um, I don't know about you boys, but uh, I'm finding this... Um, breathless and I'm desperate for Watford to score a goal and get themselves uh, back out of that relegation zone but it's uh, it's very hard to keep up with everything uh, as so much is happening around the grounds and thank you very much to our reporters at those grounds we've got Paul Seferto at the London Stadium the wonderful Kelly Summers up at Goodison and my old mate Mike Hodges up at Turf Moor helping us out today make sense of this crazy relegation showdown Sunday 41 minutes into the first half and Arsenal really have control this half but in the last uh, five ten minutes Watford have come back into it a bit more they're showing a bit more of their old spirit they've shown under Pearson so many times this season and it's Chalabar on the ball again he's out wide this time out on the left he's got Welbeck a few yards in front of him plays it to him Welbeck plays it back to Chalabar Chalabar cuts inside as the tackles come in there from Ozil a rare sight as a rare as hen's teeth you might say Ozil trying to tackle a player but uh, he failed and maybe that's the reason he doesn't do it Chalabar just skipped away from Ozil there and played it forward to Decore Decore has played it up to Dini Dini now inside the Arsenal half looking to get forward trying to get this equaliser before half time they can go in with their heads held high the Watford fans behind the goal are starting to sing again now as they see their team improve and uh, Dini plays it out to Saar Saar always seems to be available to Dini when he has the ball Tierney comes out to meet Saar but Saar's too good for him cuts back inside and Socrates has to come over to uh, put pressure on Saar Saar plays it into Decore Decore back to Chalabar who's come to join him and um there's four of them up there now with Kapu just in front of the back four Chalabar's been given the licence to go forward plays it even further forward to Werbeck who, who's come around him on an overlap and is taking on Bellerin again and he's, he's really putting Bellerin in the spin so much so that Bellerin's actually fallen over there he's gone outside him inside him he's gone back outside him Bellerin spun around and fallen on the floor and here's Welbeck at the byline he's cutting in he's inside the box now and can Welbeck get a shot off or can he find somebody and he plays it oh but Socrates gets there first ahead of Dini and just clears it and the sounds of hoof from the Watford fans as the ball flies up in the air and over the halfway line. But it's Cabaselli that gets back on the ball and with just a few minutes to go before uh, the half-time whistle, it's Cabaselli bringing the ball forward now for Minia for the first time up there on the halfway line 
not so much worried about his defensive duties, although if Saka gets the ball, he is going to have to run like a hare to catch him. And uh, Firmenia is on the ball now, and Saka is there trying to put some pressure on him, get the ball off him and get going again. But Saar has come back also to help and uh, receives the ball just to the side of Firmenia. And Firmenia makes a little darting run past Saka, and, and uh, Saar finds him with a good little dink pass. And now Firmenia it is on the ball, coming down that right wing into Tierney's uh, territory there. And Tierney comes out and tries to halt his run, which he does do. And Firmenia turns and slows the game down again, just slightly to pass it back to Saar. Saar inside to Decore and Decore's tackle by Torreira a brilliant tackle there from the Uruguayan and uh, Torreira brings the ball out and now Watford need to get back as quickly as they can and for many is sprinting back into his uh, right back position as you can imagine he doesn't want to be the player that gets caught out 43 minutes into the first half it is Arsenal 1 Watford nil. at the other grounds it is Brighton, uh, Burnley nil, Brighton won, excuse me, I'm almost breathless with excitement today on this relegation uh, showdown Sunday and at Goodison Park it is Everton nil, AFC Bournemouth won, it couldn't have gone worse for Watford so far, they conceded early and their two rivals Brighton and Bournemouth have both taken the lead in their games and they've jumped out of the relegation zone and West Ham and Watford have fallen into the red zone down there with the dead men and uh, hopefully uh, we will see some changes uh, before the end of today, hopefully for Watford. Um, as you know here at FDRE FM Radio we love the Hornets and uh, we're hoping that they can do well now the ball has found its way all the way back to Foster Foster has the ball Torreira made a, a forward run but uh, nothing really came of it and eventually he was tackled by Kapoor and the ball ended up back at Foster's feet and he's knocked it out to Messina with just a couple of minutes of uh, well just one minute really of uh, normal time to go I expect there'll be a, uh, the normal minute of added time at the end of this first half Foster plays the ball to Messina Messina tries to bring the ball forward but it's getting a little bit late and they certainly don't want to mis make a mistake and let Arsenal um, score another goal before half time but they would dearly dearly love to get a goal here just on before half time and he plays it long there and Dini is just in between the lines there between Mustafi and Socrates at centre back and Chaco and Torreira in central midfield and Dini's found a little bit of space for himself and he's brought the ball down on his chest he does that so well and uh, he really is up for the fight today you can tell he's, uh, he's on all guns blazing and he, he knocks it just sideways to Decore who's always there like a shadow to Dini and, and Decore uh, then chips the ball over the top of Mustafi but unfortunately Dini doesn't really read that and doesn't get in behind the centre backs uh, in time and the ball just bounces and goes to Leno just with about 15 seconds to go and here comes the the official and yes it is just the the regulation one minute oh, I'm uh, struggling to catch my breath it's been a, a good a good second half to this first half if you like with Watford getting back in the game and putting Arsenal under a bit of pressure Arsenal had it their own way really for about 30 minutes and uh, we're just playing the one minute of added time at the end of this first half and uh, Leno is rolling the ball out to Socrates who just plays it back to him and Watford really have decided that that's probably it for them in this first half they've retreated into their own half and uh, Arsenal are just knocking the ball about waiting for this half to finish he's now with Torreira who plays it forward to Ozil who's actually played pretty well I think and been quite influential at times in this first half but we haven't seen anything really truly magical the only player that's really stood out I think in the first half with the two players that have stood out for me Welbeck for Watford who's really been strong down that left hand side but the star of the game so far today has been Saka for Arsenal wonderful run from him and a deft little chip cross uh, and a good finish from Aubameyang and, uh, and there goes the, the final whistle for this first half so it finishes here at the end of the first half with Arsenal 1 and Watford nil a goal from Aubameyang from a deft little cross as I've just said from Saka your thoughts on the first half Kenny Hey, well, I don't know. I think, I think Watford were quite nervous to start with. Arsenal came out very, very fast and played very well. And uh, 
and they got the goal in just a few minutes and uh, really took the stuffing out of Watford. Your plans all ripped to shreds by that stage and it took Watford a while but they have got back into the game in the last 15 minutes. I would say they've started to get more of the ball, be a bit more ambitious from set pieces, commit more men forward and so hopefully they'll be able to take that into the second half and really make a difference in this game because they desperately need to score a goal if they're not going to get relegated. David? I am worried, uh, Colleen. I am, I am actually quite worried. Um, no, because I, I'm worried actually for Arsenal because I have seen this so many times from this Arsenal side. Um, they come out, they play lovely football, they score a goal. Uh, Aubameyang is the king of the, the Emirates. Everyone is singing, happy, and then slowly but surely they fade, they get slower, they're arrogant, they sit too deep and they invite him onto them. Then I can see the same thing happening. Uh, the pattern of play is changing in the last 15 minutes and uh, I can see that uh, the same problem. You see, when I played, uh, when we had Patrick Vieira in midfield uh, with Manu Petit, you just uh, and Dennis Burkham. Dennis Burkham was a proper leader on the pitch. You know, you did not fade. You did not stop playing. You wanted to win, not one nil, but two nil, three nil, four nil, five nil. That was the mentality of the team that I played in here, and I don't see that from this Arsenal side. So, if I was a Watford player, I would be going back into my dressing room saying, "We can get this. We can do this," because this Arsenal side is slowly just shrugging their shoulders and not playing at the intensity that they started with. Well, that's a, that's hopeful words from David Labouche there the Arsenal legend uh, giving Watford a chance perhaps because of Arsenal's uh, lackadaisical attitude in, in games at times and uh, maybe Watford can, uh, can capitalise on that but for the time being let's go round the grounds we're going to go first to Goodison Park Kelly Summers well so far so good for Bournemouth Colin it's Everton nil at Bournemouth 1 a roller coaster of the first half comes to an end with Bournemouth in the driving seats not only win this match but by the finest of margins as it stands retain their place in the top flight. Ryan Fraser's remarkable overhead kick seven minutes before the break has given them a precious lead in a game that's seen both sides come close and spurn some glorious opportunities. As it stands the Cherries are staying up at the expense of both Watford and West Ham. Everton nil, Bournemouth won. Thank you very much, Kelly. Uh, now we're going to go up to Turf Moor to speak to my old friend, Mike Hodges. Hi, Colin. Yeah, it's uh, been a good first half here. Burnley have huffed and puffed a little bit, as they do, but it was Brighton that took the lead with Glenn Murray, and uh, that has given Brighton and Hove Albion fans over there to my right the feeling that they, this could be their day. They're going to stay in the Premier League. They so desperately want to. Graham Potter's been prowling the touchline like a caged tiger. Sorry, I think I might have stolen that one off you there, Colin, but it's ended the first half here with Burnley nil, Brighton 1. Thank you, Mike. And uh, now to the London Stadium, Paul Saberta. Nothing's happened, Colin. Nothing has happened. Extremely tense, extremely nervous, neither side taking any risks. Very scrappy indeed. In the stands, the home fans have been edging, and all the more so since results have been turning against them elsewhere. David Moyes has picked a cautious side. It might backfire on him. Nil-nil at the London Stadium. <laughs> Nothing's happened. Well, we've had plenty happened uh, here, Paul. Uh, great to hear your report there from the London Stadium. That is a very, very tense game, Kenny. Uh, two teams threatened with relegation, having to play each other on the last day. We don't often see that, and uh, that will be a very, very tough game to play in. Aye, it certainly would and uh, the home team, all the pressure's on the home team because you're at home and uh, David Moyes is a man I know very, very well but he can be quite cautious at times and it sounds like he's picked quite a defensive side and um, well, it's not going very well for them at the moment. They've dropped into the into the bottom three and the problem at the London Stadium is uh, I think the, the fans are not happy with the move. 
they're not happy with the owners. The owners have spent quite a lot of money. You know, they have spent money. It's not like they've been mean, but there's a real disunity at that club and that sometimes can communicate itself to the players and, uh, and that can affect performance. Do you agree with that, David? Absolutely, Colin. Um, I think uh, it is a real problem for them. West Ham have bought some good players. They've got uh, someone I know very well, Sebastian Alla, but he has not uh, hit the ground running. Sometimes I wonder if they do their due diligence on a player. I mean, for instance, let me give you an example, Colin. They bought uh, Chicharito. Why? He was a player who had played for Man United. He had not done well. He had not scored many goals. Why did they buy him? They spent a lot of money bringing him to West Ham. He was a failure at West Ham, as he was at Manchester United. Did they just buy him because they had heard of him? I don't understand the recruitment. I, I feel like at times they just buy players because we have heard of them. They did not do a due diligence on Dimitri Payet. I know Dimitri very, very well. I've known him for many, many years. I knew, I knew that this boy is a Marseille boy. He wants to play in Marseille. He went to West Ham. He was the best player at the club, without a shadow of a doubt, and uh, helped them. But I knew. A year, 18 months, no, no, I want to go back to Marseille. Marseille is my home, my family are there, my cousins are there, uh, my sister is there. I want to play for OM. I don't care about the money. I don't want bigger wages at West Ham or, you know, in playing the Premier League. And they did not know that about him. And I could have told them, if you get Dimitri Payet, you will get him for one season, one and a half seasons only, then he will want to go home. Because I know him. And they did not know that. And as a result, it caused a lot of problems for them. So I think it's not about... The owner's not spending money, it's about um, the recruitment, the policy, the failures that they have had. Look at Arnautovic, you know, what a good player, but this is a man motivated by money. I know that most footballers are motivated by money. They want to win stuff, but also if they are clubs that don't win things, then they want to get as much money as they can. And I understand that for their families, there's nothing wrong with that. But Arnautovic, when offered money in China, he was going to go to China. If he's offered £200,000 a week to play in China, he'll play China. He doesn't care. And our supporters find that very difficult to understand. But in the end, they lost Payet, they lost Arnautovic. They lost their two best players, and uh, it has affected them. And now they find themselves in the relegation zone. And I think that is a, a, a fault of recruitment and not doing the proper diligence on players before you sign them. Those are very, very strong words there from David LaBouche. And uh, I'm sure that there are many West Ham fans who will be listening uh, to that and uh, nodding their heads and agreeing. I mean, certainly they have bought a lot of players, Kenny, that haven't really... Um, uh, committed themselves fully to the cause at West Ham and, and the stadium move of course is also added I, and, uh, I think the idea that West Ham United would move to such a big stadium sell it out I mean they've had no problem selling all those season tickets and, uh, but for them to drop into the championship and have to play in that massive stadium against you know, Rochdale and it will be very, very humiliating and uh, there'll be a lot of unrest, so I'm a wee bit worried about that. And uh, But anyway, uh, it's good for Bournemouth, a great, great club uh, under, under Eddie Howe and uh, it's good for Brighton, a young manager, British managers there, doing well today, getting the lead and uh, hopefully trying their best to, to stay in the division and uh, we just hope that maybe uh, Watford, the team we're watching, can do something similar and get themselves out of trouble. We're going to stay here actually during the half-time interval. Now Arsenal have been here at the Emirates uh, since the 19th of August 2006. I don't know if you know this, can you know I like a bit of history on this show. And uh, their first game, do you remember the first game played here David? Yes I do, I do. <laughs> I do Colleen and I remember it very well because I played in the game. Yeah so they, Arsenal hosted Aston Villa on the first day of the season on the 19th of August. And uh, Can you name the player, can either of you name the player that scored first in that game? 
No, <laughs> can't you remember? It's a, it's a couple of years after I retired, and I did take a bit of a break from football. I stopped watching it, stopped listening, and I'm still in love with the game, obviously. But uh, no, I, I can't tell you who scored the goal, David. It was a well, he was a Villa player. I know that much because they went one up, and uh, and then we equalised. Um, no, I can't remember. It was Olaf Melberg who scored. Now tell me a little bit about the change, David. You moved from Highbury to the Emirates while you were here at Arsenal. Was that very difficult? No, it was not. Um, it was very, very exciting actually to to move because Highbury was our spiritual home, the marble halls, uh, Chapman, the whole thing. But uh, to move to such a fantastic stadium was uh, very exciting and uh, I was very privileged and proud to come and play in the first game here at the Emirates and uh, to be part of that team alongside so many fantastic players and with such a fantastic coach. I cannot tell you what an influence and uh, what a fantastic man Arsene Wenger was uh, during that period and the way he built this club uh, to what it is now. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. We're going to take a, just a couple of minutes pause when we go back to the studio and, uh, and we will be back in time for the kickoff for this incredibly exciting relegation showdown Sunday. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Welcome back to FTREFM Radio. My name is Colin Mace and we are here and ready for the second half of this match here at the Emirates between Arsenal and Watford on what we're calling Relegation Showdown Sunday. Alongside me, Kenny McPhee of Everton and Scotland. And on my other side, I've got David Labouche of Arsenal and France. Boys, what an exciting 45 minutes we have coming up. Hi Colin, it couldn't be more exciting. There's a crackling atmosphere here in the Emirates, which isn't always the case. And the Watford fans over there are starting to believe, perhaps from that last 15 minutes of the first half, that this their team can get back in it, maybe get a point here and uh, and survive in the Premier League. Yes, uh, I, I am going to agree with Kenny there. I, I think Arsenal uh, need to just uh, buck up their ideas a little bit. And uh, if they don't, then uh, Watford could easily take advantage of that and uh, and get the goal they need. Well, let's hope they do. Uh, I'm just going to quickly run through the lineups for those of you joining late, although I don't know where you've been all afternoon if you haven't been listening right from the beginning. But uh, the score here currently at half time is Arsenal 1, Watford 0, which means that at half time, Watford are in 19th spot, but they are on the same number of points as Brighton who are in 16th. There are four teams on 38 points. It's only goal difference that's separating them. But currently, West Ham, Watford are in the bottom three, with Norwich, who are relegated, and above them, Villa, Brighton and Bournemouth. Those teams will be hoping that neither West Ham nor Watford get on the score sheet, and, uh, and it stays as it is at the moment. But the lineup: So, Foster in goal, Messina at left-back, Cabaselli, Cathcart and Firminia, very, very recognisable back four there. In front of them, Kapu and Chalabar, who's really grown into himself, I think, in the in the second half of this season under Pearson, and he's become very important to this Watford side ahead of them. Danny Welbeck, the ex-England international, ex-player for Man United and Arsenal, of course, back at a ground that he uh, he played and, in fact, lost twice, I believe, against Watford while playing in an Arsenal shirt. But he's having a fantastic tussle down the left-hand side with Bellerin, the Arsenal right-back. Decore in the middle in the number 10 position and Ismail Assar, the Senegalese magician out there on the right wing. 
Harding and Troy Deeney, the legend that is Troy Deeney up front wearing the number nine and the captain's armband. On the bench for Watford, the reserve goalkeeper today is uh, Pontus Dahlberg. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Backman, Daniel Backman, who I think would have been ahead of Dahlberg, has had to go uh, to see his partner who uh, gave birth two days ago and Gomez, the wonderful Herelio Gomez, who I, I'm sure a lot of Watford fans would like to have seen here today uh, and pass- possibly play in this match, which could well be his last ever performance in a Watford shirt, is unwell at the moment. So it is Pontus Dahlberg on the bench as the goalkeeper. Holobas is on the bench, Dawson, Tom Delibashiru, Andre Gay, Passetto, and Quina make up the rest of the substitutes. Now the Arsenal side, Burnt Leno in goal with Bellerin at right back, Mustafi and Socrates. Mustafi, not very popular really with the Arsenal fans. I, I think they always feel he's got a bit of a mistake in him, uh, but not so far today. They've played well, that back four. Tierney, the young Scott there playing at left back. Uh, I'm sure that's someone that Kenny's keeping a close eye on. And um, He's a fine upcoming prospect for Scotland in front of them. Jacker, the very unpopular Swiss uh, ex-captain of the Arsenal team. Torreira alongside him. Ozil ahead of them. Pepe on the right wing. Saka, the young English uh, Tyro there on the left wing. And Aubameyang, the wonderful, uh, graceful, uh, clinical finisher. Uh, Aubameyang up front there wearing the captain's armband quite strange that to see two centre forwards both uh, as captains not something that used to happen Kenny no it's not but it's a modern phenomenon I think uh, we've seen uh, Harry Kane uh, wear the armband for England and uh, so uh, I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference you want you want the loudest voice and the and the, and the, the chart with the, the most sort of leadership qualities to, to have that captain's armband but you, ha- you need 11 captains on the pitch really and that's that's the truth of it Aubameyang I don't know what his character is like David will know more about that than me but um, yeah he seems to be doing okay now he's the captain Yes, uh, I think in a way he's quite suited to it. He's a, he's a gentleman, but uh, when he has to say something, um, I'm sure he, he, he does uh, does the job. So we're about to kick off in this uh, second half. Um, we've been through the table as it stands at the moment, and uh, it is Arsenal to kick off this second half. They will be shooting towards the clock end. Watford will be shooting towards their own fans. Those fans, 3,000 crazy Hornets sitting there on that lower tier, trying to suck the ball into the Arsenal net and give Watford a chance of staying up. We're hopeful. We hope the players are hopeful and confident they can do it. I hope the fans are right behind the team. And uh, it will be a Bamiang to kick off. And he knocks it back to Ozil just inside the Arsenal half there. And he plays it back to Chaka. And the ball goes all the way back to Mustafi and eventually to Leno. Arsenal are one up they've got nothing really to play for they've uh, secured sixth spot in the league and uh, they've really uh, with being one up there's no pressure on them it's all about Watford really in this second half and uh, uh, Leno just knocks the ball out to Tierney the young Scott there at left back who brings the ball forward and plays it forward into Saka there just on the halfway line and uh, things starting off pretty much as they did in the first half with Arsenal having the ball and looking fairly dynamic at the moment here comes Saar and he challenges Saka there and he gets the ball off him and that's good work from Saar. He's uh, certainly snapped into that tackle and he's won the ball really well and Saka's gone down and is complaining there should be a foul but there's no foul given. The ball's been played back towards Chalabar, just out towards the left-hand side of the midfield. He plays it forward to Welbeck now. Welbeck crosses the halfway line into the Arsenal half. He's looking to try and find a way through this uh, this Arsenal back line. Bellerin comes out to meet him. They've already been tussling away like crazy, those two, and um, obviously good friends, I think, off the pitch but on the pitch, deadly enemies 
enemies and both have been booked. Here's Welbeck now onto Bellerin's shoulder and Bellerin is, is trying to muscle him out and make the ball go out for an Arsenal throw but he doesn't manage that and in fact it is his toe that has the final touch and it will be a Watford throw in down there on the left hand side in front of the Watford fans and the Watford fans are getting up there and singing. Deeney's coming over and he's starting to organise those uh, Watford players and Deeney's taken up a position just inside the box and he's got Mustafi in front of him and this is something we see almost every week. Mustafi in front of him, Socrates behind him and uh, Deeney is the meat in the sandwich there but they will be trying to get that ball into Deeney so he can nod it down and maybe we can see uh, a shot on target from Watford. It's Messina who's come up to take the throw in. Welbeck's come just short of him and he actually plays it to Welbeck, which uh, surprises the Arsenal back four. They're expecting the ball to come into Dini and uh, Welbeck plays it back to Messina. He's in a very advanced position, not something we've seen a lot of in this game. And uh, we're just two minutes into the second half. And uh, as you can tell, I'm extremely excited about this second half and hoping that Watford can make uh, something of this position they're in currently. There's Welbeck again back on the ball and he plays it inside to Decore. Decore in the number 10 position, if you like, about halfway inside the Arsenal half, looking to uh, find an opening. And uh, Arsenal are now backing up into their own penalty box, which is exactly what Watford will want them to be doing, thinking defensively, allowing them Watford to have the ball. Let Watford create some chances. There's Saar coming inside. He's actually run diagonally across behind Decore, out towards the left, which is unusual for Saar, and he receives the ball from Decore. And that's a clever bit of play there because... No one's picking up Ismaili Saar at the moment. He's now at the corner of the box and he's got Welbeck just to the outside of him. Plays it to Welbeck who gets beyond Bellerin there and he crosses the ball in and, uh, and there's Dini. Dini chests it down and shoots but uh, he just scuffs the, the, the ball there really. His foot, I think, boot just hit the grass before ball and uh, unfortunately uh, with a good side of goal there, Dini wasn't able to get a clean contact and the ball has just gone to Leno who has picked it up. Not a bad start from Watford, uh, Kenny. No, they've got on the front foot pretty quick, as you see. I think Arsenal are looking uh, just uh, happy to contain and uh, keep what they've got, but uh, that will be a dangerous thing for them, and uh, the Arsenal fans won't like to see that. They'll want to see them put their foot on Watford's throat and get a second and a third, possibly. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 this is exactly my worst nightmare. Um, Arsenal have come out with a 1-0 lead, and oh yes, we have got 1-0, we're going to hold on to 1-0, but uh, this Watford team is desperate. And when teams are desperate, they will do little things will happen. Sometimes it goes wrong. It can be frustrating. But uh, this Watford side has a lot of quality. It has Capu, Decore. I'm not only picking the French players, by the way. But uh, yes, it has some quality. Dini has all that toughness. Welbeck and Sam. You know, they, they have got the quality to break down a team if they sit and just try to defend. So I think that's very dangerous. Well, uh, hopeful words uh, for Watford fans listening to this at home on FTRE FM radio. I hope you're listening on the on the new app, which has got lots of articles, and you can download that from your usual app providers. But if you're listening on your DAB radio, uh, I hope that you're enjoying our coverage uh, this afternoon. These two fine gentlemen alongside me and... Um, our other correspondents around the grounds keeping us up to date with what is happening. Leno has rolled the ball out to Tierney and, uh, and uh, Saar's got onto him there. Oh, he's nicked the ball off Tierney. He's into the box. He shoots. Oh, it's a good save from Leno. A real mistake there from Leno really giving the ball to Tierney. He really didn't want it in that position. And Saar was on him in a flash and got the ball off him and uh, it was a tight angle and it was a decent shot but we've seen him score from there before and Saar's standing there with his hands on his hips and he can't believe it. Dini's running across to him saying, well done, that's exactly what we need from you. And he's shaking his head, he's a young man, he's easily dispirited by that and uh, Leno made a good save but it's gone out for a Watford corner so it's not over yet and uh, well that was an exciting bit of play. Tini really got stuck um, given a suicide ball there from Leno. Uh, 
you're not wrong, Colin. I don't know what Bert Leno thought he was doing. He's so relaxed and so complacent to roll the ball out to Tini, uh, Tini there, and uh, Sa was on him in a flash, and uh, and he was almost saying, "Don't, don't give it to me." And um, it was too late, and Sa got it off him, and it was a good bit of play. But if he just kept his head a wee bit calmer there, I think he could have just taken a bit more time and scored. This is exactly what I'm talking about, Colin. You see how complacent this Arsenal team can be. And uh, that's, uh, what, uh, five minutes into the second half and already they have had two decent chances. And uh, this is something that scares me. And I think Arteta has to sort this out because you cannot see a team as good as Arsenal, a team that wants to win titles, that wants to win cups, play like this when they are 1-0 up. It's absolutely shocking to me. I can't bear to watch it. And uh, I'm starting to feel like I want Watford to score just to wake them up. Well, I didn't think I would hear those words from an Arsenal legend. We are, in fact, six minutes in to the second half. Watford still in 19th position. They desperately need a goal. A goal will do it. A goal will get them safe. One point will put them on 39 points. And I don't think uh, that anyone can catch them on 39 points. And it will mean some other team will face the horrors of the championship next season. Um, I don't mean to be down on the championship. I think it's a very exciting league. We know how competitive it is, how many games you get. Fans do enjoy it. But for me, where you want to be is here in the Premier League, playing against the best teams, some of the best teams in Europe, Liverpool, Everton, Tottenham, Chelsea. And if you're a club like Watford, a small club like Watford or Bournemouth or Brighton today... You want to fight to stay in this league so that you can have those days out and you get your wins. Watford beating Liverpool at home. First team to beat them this season. What a fantastic memory that is for Watford fans, that 3-0 win. So, yes, we want to be here in the EPL, as it's known. And um, the ball now is out at the corner flag. There's been an injury, actually, uh, and it is to to uh, Foster, strangely. He's... Um, He's sitting on the grass, and that's why this corner hasn't been taken yet. And uh, the coaches have come on, and that is a bit of a worry for Foster, particularly when you consider that Pontus Starberg is only 20 years old and has never played a Premier League game of football. And I think it's a lot to ask a young man like that to come in at this stage. But Foster's up, and he's he seems to be his calf, or maybe his quad. Maybe when he kicked the ball, he's uh, strained something. But um, he's waving away the coaches now. Obviously, goalkeepers don't have to go off the pitch, and he's at the other end of the pitch. But... Um, yeah, he's, he seems to be in a little bit of trouble. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. That would be very bad for Watford uh, to lose one of their best players. And Foster has definitely been one of their best players. But now Messina's come across to the right-hand side. He's getting the bird there from the Arsenal fans down in their corner. They are not happy. He's placed the ball in what looks um, significantly outside the quadrant, which is something we see all the time. But the linesman is on the other... Sorry, the referee's assistant is on the other side of the pitch. And they're shouting and screaming at the ref that he hasn't got it in the quadrant. I mean, I can't imagine that a few millimetres makes much difference. But anyway... He's going to hit this with his trusty left foot, although uh, he took a free kick earlier in the first half and uh, just smashed it straight to the wall. So we'll be looking for something a little bit better from Adam Messina. He's going to be an in-swinger. Uh, they haven't committed too many forward here, Watford. They do know in the, in the game against Manchester City they had a corner and they conceded a goal from the break and they won't want to do that. It's a very much a tight situation, this, for Watford. They want to get the goal, but they also can't afford to concede at the other end. And Messina now plays the ball in there and Mustafi just heads that away very... Very easily, not a great delivery, a bit he hung it up a bit high. Dini didn't really have a chance to get it. We're going to the London Stadium. There's news of a goal, goal from Paul Saverta. And West Ham are in serious trouble. It's a goal for the Villa. The home side were pushing forward as they needed to do. But this was a classic counter-attack. Grealish played through McGinn, who finished calmly. It was the first shot on target by either side. 1-0 Villa. West Ham need a response. 
Thank you, Paul. And that does affect the uh, the table somewhat. Watford now have gone up without doing anything to 18th, still below the relegation line. And West Ham are now in 19th position. And as Paul says there, very much in trouble. And uh, West Ham fans will be extremely unhappy. And I bet the atmosphere there is uh, starting to darken. Uh, with the problems obviously between the fans and the owners uh, around the money spent and the handling of the club and also of course the stadium. But back here, uh, Mustafi headed that uh, corner away and the ball came out to Pepe. Pepe is very quiet in the second half, uh, David. I, I wonder what's going on with Pepe. He doesn't seem to be uh, terribly interested in this match at the moment. No, he, he does have that problem sometimes. He can um, be on fire and really be one of the best players on the pitch. But today, as you say, he doesn't look terribly interested and um, he's got the ball now. Yes, Pepe has the ball out there on the right and he's in the Watford half. He's not really getting a lot of support. Ozil is sort of strolling around. Uh, again, he started to look a bit more uh, like his usual self. And I don't mean that in a kind way. I mean that in, a, in an unkind way. And that he's starting to stroll around, not really doing much running. Not, there's not much intensity in Arsenal's play at the moment. And that is a worry. And David has been pointing that out. And I will leave that very much to him. He knows this team. He knows these players. Oswald has received the ball now from Pepe when he's in the centre circle and uh, Dini comes uh, back a bit deeper than normal and uh, he actually tackles Oswald there. <laughs> Oswald's really upset about that. He thinks that he's such a wonderful player that no one should be allowed to tackle him but Dini's got the ball off him and, uh, and in retaliation Oswald has just um, gone in and tackled Dini and Dini's gone to the floor and he has won a free kick for Watford just inside the Arsenal half. Mike Dean has blown his whistle and he's had a little word with Oswald there because that was slightly petulant, David, wasn't it? Yes, it was, and I, I don't understand Mesut. He's one of the one of the greatest players uh, in the world. We know that. We know his quality, and we know how brilliant he can be. But today, uh, we see both sides. In the first half, running around, dictating play, very, very much the best player on the park. And uh, then second half, uh, I don't know, petulant, a little. Uh, why would you do that? I mean, you give away a free kick. Yes, and so um, it's Capou who's come up to take this. The languid Frenchman, um, one of my favourite players uh, in the Premier League. Etienne Capou, a man who can pass a ball into a waste paper bin from 50 yards. And uh, he's going to just take it. He takes it short to Chalabar, who's alongside him and who's definitely learning a lot, I think, from Capou, Kenny. Aye, I think you're right. I mean, uh, Nathaniel Chalabar was, uh, you know, was a feted young player, got a bad injury to his knee once he joined Watford and it really has slowed him down, slowed his progress. But playing alongside Capou week, week in, week out will definitely improve his game and also uh, Decore ahead of him there. Then He's really learning to be the kind of all-round midfielder that we hoped he would be. Jalabar has the ball and plays it back to Cabaselli. Cabaselli's just on the D there. Watford are just getting themselves organised and before they go again and try to break down the serried ranks of the Arsenal defence. Uh, Cabaselli passes it to Cathcart. We haven't really seen a lot of Cathcart. They really haven't had an enormous amount to do um, in the last sort of half and 15, 20 minutes of the first half and uh, this half also. We are now 12 minutes into the second half and uh, it is still Arsenal 1, Watford 0. Uh, we've just heard of a goal. Aston Villa have scored at the London Stadium. West Ham very much in trouble there. So um, Cathcart plays it out to Firmino and we'd like to see Firmino get forward a bit more in the second half. Maybe he could be the key to getting, uh, creating a chance. Up front, he can be very effective when he gets forward. For many, he plays it up to Saar. Saar on the halfway line. He's uh, looking to get forward, as he always is. And uh, he's got Saka um, trying to get the ball off him at the moment. But Saar's a little bit too strong for Saka. Saka is quite diminutive in stature. And Saar's sort of pushed him off with his shoulder and his arm a little bit. But no foul given. And plays the ball forward for himself and runs after it. Torreira comes across to try and tackle him. But totally mistimes that tackle. And Saar is now getting forward again. And Tierney's coming out now. Tierney's turn to try and stop the Senegalese Express. Socrates is also coming over 
over. They know this man, this young man, is a threat, and Sar is having to stop his run there and turn and and come backwards. And uh, Capoue's run across the pitch to him and uh, receives the ball off him. Torreira into Capoue, trying to win the ball again for Arsenal. Now there is a bit more intensity in this Arsenal play. But Watford are keeping the ball nicely and are looking to just probe and prod and see if they can create an opening here at the Emirates. It's Arsenal 1, Watford 0. Uh, we have to go to the London Stadium. Uh, um, I think there's a penalty. Paul Seferta. It's still 1-0 Villa, but West Ham do have a penalty and the visitors are down to 10 men. Michel Antonio barged his way through. Pepe Reina came out and Antonio went down under the challenge. VAR did review the penalty. It looked tight, but Reina's Villa career does end with a red card. Uh, yeah, Newlands come on for Trezeguet, that took some time and now he faces the spot kick to be taken by Mark Noble who scores 1-1, West Ham still in the drop zone but back in the game well, that is extraordinary uh, news. Poor old Aston Villa down to 10 men in the most crucial game of their season. Can you believe it, boys? No, I can't, can't believe it. I had a look at it, actually, on the monitor, and uh, yeah, I think there's no doubt it's definitely a penalty. And uh, uh, the thing of sending off, uh, sending players off for that is, is harsh, but I don't, think you, I don't think you can do anything else. So Aston Villa down to, down to 10 men. And that means that West Ham uh, at one all are still, as Paul said, in the drop zone, but they've jumped up ahead of Watford, back onto 38 points. So Aston Villa now in 15th on 39, Brighton below them on 38, and Bournemouth below them on 38, and then into the drop zone, West Ham on 38 points, and below them, Watford in 19th on 38 points. So four teams on 38 points. It couldn't be tighter, David. No, Colin, it could not. And um, it's so breathless. One goal either way can change the whole destiny of a football club. If... Um, Bournemouth aren't able to hold on to their lead at Everton. They could go down and Brighton could go down. And oh, I mean, anyone could go down. But at the moment, as you say, it is, um, it is uh, West Ham and Watford who are in the bottom three with Norwich. Yes, and uh, very worrying times for Watford fans. Uh, we are now 15 minutes in. There's 30 minutes left of this game. Watford need to score to ensure that they uh, that they get out of this uh, relegation. They, they could escape relegation if uh, other goals are scored in other games, but um, it's better to rely on yourself. Now, the ball is currently with Foster, who has in fact thrown the ball out. It seems that this, uh, this calf-slash-quad injury is a bit of a problem for Foster, and the coaches are coming on again. They're stretching out that leg, and I am slightly concerned. I see Dalberg is out there warming up he definitely won't want to come on I, I, well he may want to come on but he also won't want to come on I'm sure Nigel Pearson won't want him to have to be thrown into the action and uh, he's a young man he's never played a first team game for Watford and in this crucial crucial relegation fight here on relegation showdown Sunday if Pontus Dahlberg has to come on it really will be uh, a very difficult situation for the Hornets but it's looking like Foster's waving away the coaches again he's going to carry on it is a goal kick to Watford uh, after nearly 16 minutes of this second half and it isn't Foster indeed is not going to take the goal kick which again is something that is a bit of a worry because you have to commit a defender very deep which allows the Arsenal players to come up and they are coming up uh, Saka and Aubameyang have come up to the edge of the area because obviously uh, now it's going to be Cabaselli to kick this uh, goal kick uh, and the other Watford players have gone forward now they're having to come back in case there's a mistake but Cabaselli takes this goal kick and he, he flies it oh it's an amazing kick <laughs> Cabaselli's kicked it way over the halfway line way over the head of Deeney and Deeney's running after it now and Mustafi's got the ball and Mustafi's uh, slightly panicking on the ball then he wants to play it back to Leno but Deeney's right on top of him and he, he, he plays the ball and it's a bit short and Deeney's in there but Leno goes down at his feet and saves it this brave goalkeeping from Leno there Mustafi was at sixes and sevens he really wasn't expecting the ball to come to him and with Deeney charging at him like a bull 
he certainly uh, he certainly liked he slightly lost his bottle there I think Mustafi and he wanted to play back to Leno and then realised it was a bit short made a bit of a hash of it and uh, Leno was quick to to uh, <laughs> to react and come out at Dini's feet which is not a place anyone would like to be uh, in a football match but um, Dini's a very fair player and uh, didn't leave anything on the goalkeeper there and so it's uh, now Leno with the ball after nearly 18 minutes of this uh, second half and uh, Leno is just throws the ball over arm to Tierney at Tierney sorry I keep calling him Tierney Tierney out there at left back and uh, Tierney will this game is really starting uh, to take on a, a, a very strange shape with Watford really uh, in the ascendancy and uh, Arsenal just looking to defend but those creative players in the Arsenal side really aren't doing very much and I wonder if Mikel Arteta is going to think about possibly uh, making a substitution fairly soon. We're coming up on 70 minutes, uh, on 65 minutes, uh, excuse me, and um, that's not a bad time to make a change, maybe inject a bit of intensity into this Arsenal team. What do you think about that, David? He's got to do something because uh, they are going backwards and backwards. Mustafi there very, very nearly made a mistake for a goal. Um, they, they don't look... Uh, unified at the moment, they're walking around, they're, they're walking in front of their fans on the last day of the season. It's not acceptable for me. I think uh, Mikel Arteta is a, is a nice man, but he has uh, you know, a fire in his belly and I think he will have to make a change if, uh, if he's going to change the way Arsenal are playing. Equally, Watford may be thinking about, uh, Nigel Pearson may well be thinking about substitutions, but um, he's still got a problem with his goalkeeper. He's not taking goal kicks and that's not ideal. He's not running very freely. He's trying to run it off in his own box now. Tierney has the ball back from Socrates and uh, he's out there in that left fullback position but he's only uh, still in his own half and really there's not much going on with this Arsenal side he's knocked it to Torreira Torreira passes it to Chaka Chaka back to Mustafi goes back to Leno Watford are just biding their time but then slowly moving forward Dini up there on the D and he's got Saar and Welbeck for company on either side and Decore is creeping forward as well they feel and maybe they sniff a mistake in this Arsenal back line and uh, we saw it um, uh, in, a, in a previous game between these two at Vicarage Road where they tried to play the ball out short and uh, I think it was Tom Cleverley that got on it and scored a goal and uh, everyone was very upset about that <laughs> Arsenal fans anyway but uh, they can't afford to do that today it won't affect Arsenal of course but it will affect well it, it will affect Arsenal you don't want to you want to win your home games you want to play as well as you can and uh, Mustafi now has the ball from Leno and uh, they plays it to Socrates and it goes out to Bellerin Bellerin is trying to get forward now he passes the ball up to Pepe but Pepe just knocks it back to him looking really like he couldn't care less whether he has the ball or not the ball goes to Ozil Ozil pretty much the same passes out to Saka Saka now on the ball and he is running forward he, he uh, is taking on Saar who's playing beautifully today and doing all his defensive work as well as his attacking work really he is quite a star this young man from Senegal and, uh, but Saka's got beyond him now and uh, Femenia is coming out to uh, stop the run of Saka and Saka's stopped and he's looking and there's no one there there's no Arsenal player as far forward as him they're not really getting up to support him Aubameyang is, is making his way forward now Aubameyang is waving his own players forward and uh, Saka is tackled by Firmino. that's good from Firmino. he's played the ball through to Saar and definitely Watford in the ascendancy he plays it into Dini just inside the Arsenal half Dini now on the ball he takes on Chaka. Torreira comes in he, he manages to Torreira bounces off Dini there really without a tackle being made and Dini's still on the ball and he's he's looking to get forward he's he's sort of charging forward like a bull there's not a lot of quality in the in the actual um, skill or or the technique here from Dini but he's he's doing what he needs to do he's getting forward he's pushing the team and the team are coming up behind him now with Zucore just behind him Saar up alongside him on the right hand side Welbeck is making a good run and, and here comes Messina as well and the ball comes into Welbeck and Messina makes an overlap and, and Welbeck finds Messina at the byline he crosses the ball and there's Dini oh my word how could he miss 
He really, really had a fantastic chance there, Deeney, to, to head a, uh, an equalising goal for Watford, but he just didn't get quite enough on it, and the glancing header just went wide of the post, and Leno was nowhere, and it was very, very good play, and it, they just went through the gears so well, but all that chance was created by Deeney's work in midfield, taking on Chak and Torreira, and it was quite comical, wasn't it, Kenny, to see Torreira just sort of bounce off Deeney like, like he'd run himself into a brick wall. Hey, well, that's what Troy can do. You know, you're right, he's not technically the best footballer we've ever seen, we know that, but what he has got is real determination, real ambition, and he's got absolutely fantastic upper body strength, and poor Torreira got, I don't he got a flying elbow or a shoulder or something, he went down like he'd been absolutely poleaxed, and Chaka really didn't uh, cope very well, but uh, then the ball went out to Welbeck and uh, and you're right that was good play from Messini he saw the opportunity got forward got the cross in and the header went uh, just wide of the post very very unlucky but Watford are getting closer they're getting closer Colin <laughs> uh, thank you so much Kenny for those words you're getting me very overexcited here and David's got his head in his hands he can't believe this Arsenal defending he's very very upset and I don't think we're going to put him on the mic for a while until he's calmed down because he, he's looking extremely angry just thrown a water bottle down at his feet and uh, we've all got wet feet now but um, we're about halfway through the second half 22 minutes in so let's go round the grounds and let's first go to Goodison Park Kelly Summers well what a start we've had to the second half here and what a crucial moment this could be in the relegation race after coming out the blocks at scintillating speed again Everton and now down to 10 men Bournemouth have struggled to contain him all game and having been seemingly pulled down by Steve Cook as the referee Martin Atkinson blew for a toffee's free kick, that man, the former Hornet, Rich Charlison, got up and grabbed Cook around the face and pushed him to the ground. Atkinson had no choice, a straight red for Rich Charlison. That'll do no favours to endear himself to the Vicarage Road faithful who used to sing his name. 10-man Everton nil, Bournemouth won. Thank you, Kelly. And now let's go straight to Turf Moor. My old mate and mucker, Mike Hodges. It's a very boring second half so far. 23 minutes in, Brighton are happy with their 1-0 lead. As you know, it's Burnley nil, Brighton 1. And Burnley don't seem terribly interested in looking to get an equaliser. It's very much a stalemate sort of game. It's an end-of-season game. And uh, Brighton fans will be happy to see Burnley playing the way they are without a huge amount of uh, determination to get back in this game. Brighton are handling Burnley pretty well at the moment. But, uh, of course, all Brighton fans will still be biting their nails because a goal for Burnley will really be put Brighton into some serious trouble but at the moment Brighton handling the game extremely well it's Burnley nil Brighton won thank you Mike and uh, finally we go to the London Stadium where Aston Villa are down to 10 men Paul Saferta still 1-1 here but David Noyes has finally released the shackles Suchek and Bowen are on Villa have brought on the camber for El Ghazi so it's attack against defence Newlands made a fine, fine stop to deny Alain. Engels put his body on the line to block a Cresswell shot. You can't take your eyes off this now. 1-1. Wow. I don't know how you're feeling back at home listening to this wherever you are, in your car, uh, in the park, where you're having a picnic. It's a relegation showdown Sunday and goals are flying in left, right and centre. Players are being sent off all over the place and uh, Watford fans will be very upset to hear that Richarlison has been sent off. I think they would have much rather see him get a hat-trick today against Bournemouth. But uh, that is not the case, so to add insult to injury leaving the club although he left the club uh, for a lot of money but uh, there was a, a few tears uh, over the Marco Silva thing back in the day and uh, they uh, to add insult to injury Richarlison has now been sent off Everton down to 10 men and Bournemouth comfortably in the lead there 1-0 and currently out of the relegation um, 
zone. So let's just quickly update ourselves at the table. There's a, a break here for an injury to Hector Bellerin, who's gone down under a, quite a nasty tackle from Welbeck, but uh, there was nothing in it really, I don't think, and he's not uh, received a second booking. He's apologised to Bellerin. Bellerin has rather ungraciously not accepted his apology, but the coach has come on to look at him. So while we're, while we're dealing with that, uh, just look at the table very quickly. So with uh, uh, 70 minutes gone now, Aston Villa are in 17th and looking pretty safe there on 39 points. Um, Brighton just below them on 38 points, Bournemouth below them on 38 points and then West Ham in the relegation zone on 38 points and Watford sadly still in that 19th spot on the 38 points, desperately need a goal and um, we will wait and see what happens. Now, um, while this is going on, Mikel Arteta is going to make a uh, double substitution. Uh, I think maybe he's listened to David here. He's taking off Pepe, who really has looked rather lacklustre. And he is bringing on Lacazette, which means that Lacazette will probably go forward into two-man attack and Ozil will drift across to the right-hand side of that midfield, a more obvious kind of 4-4-2 system. But he's also taking off Torreira, who I think has run himself into the ground. Pretty much the only Arsenal player who has, although I think uh, the two fullbacks have played pretty well so far and he is going to bring on Gwendozi. that is a fairly normal substitution for Arsenal so we now have uh, Chaka and Gwendozi in midfield we have Ozil out there on the right and up front we've got Lacazette and uh, Aubameyang so it's a slightly different uh, change do you think that's going to um, have an effect on the way that, uh, that Arsenal play? I hope so because I cannot watch my team play like this for another minute I mean the defending in the last 20 minutes has been absolutely appalling and they are basically asking Watford to score and that is not the way you play Premier League football if you want this team has ambition next season to challenge for the title to get back in the Champions League they cannot cannot play like this strong words there from David Kenny and Kenny's smiling and chuckling he, he knows what it's like when you see the team that you love playing poorly and um, we've certainly uh, seen that in the past so David is uh, having a, a bit of a salt <laughs> he's, he's, um, he's smiling now so that's good um, uh, good old David we love David and uh, I hope that um, well I don't hope Arsenal's uh, performance improves but um, uh, I'm glad to see he's smiling so now those uh, substitutes are made Bellerin is up on his feet and we're ready to start again and it is in fact uh, a free kick to uh, Arsenal down there just to the side of uh, their own penalty area and it will be Pellerin who takes it, knocks it out to Chaka. Uh, Chaka has played it sideways and Gwenduzi gets his first touch on the ball and um, he plays it forward into uh, Saka, the young Englishman who's still playing out there on the left uh, wing and uh, he's um, looking to get the ball inside to where Ozil was playing but now Aubameyang is playing just a little bit behind Lacazette and I think that's probably quite sensible and Aubameyang picks the ball up and Kapu comes straight in and tackles him immediately and that is a good tackle from Kapu and the ball flies all the way back to Leno who just uh, picks it up and uh, bounces it and there doesn't seem to be much reason for um, Arsenal really to get uh, excited or to, to, to go out and try and find a second goal but um, as David says if you're an ambitious club and you want to do well in the, in the coming season the next season then you need to start showing it now in this game and that is something that is clearly not hap happening but Watford still are a goal behind to uh, an Aubameyang uh, goal after a five minutes and that has left Watford marooned in the relegation zone we are coming up to the 75 minute mark and uh, I can see again that um, Foster really is struggling and I think that they are going to have to bite the bullet here, Watford. He is sitting down on the grass again. He's, he's saying, I don't think I can carry on. Dalberg is ready. He's taking off his bib and it does look like the young Swede who shouldn't even really be here because if it wasn't for Gomez's illness, he's got some 
cold or a flu, uh, and so he's not well enough to play. And Backman had to go. Daniel Backman, who has played a lot of first-team football uh, up there at Kilmarnock uh, previous seasons and is a more experienced player, has gone back to be with his partner who gave birth two days ago. And so, unfortunately, it looks like Pontus Darberg is going to be thrown into one of the most crucial games in the history of Watford Football Club. And indeed, here comes the board and Foster is, uh, is just going off behind his goal. Uh, down there to our left in front of the clock end and uh, he's actually getting some nice applause from the Arsenal fans which I think is fair enough and Dahlberg is sprinting on now um, and uh, taking up his place his heart must be beating at 150 miles an hour Kenny I it's not you don't envy the lad you really really don't envy the lad Pontus Dahlberg has played in goal for Sweden for the first team for the you know the senior international side so he's obviously got quality but having not really played at all except under 23 games and they don't really count as far as I can see I've watched a few of those and it's not really football as you would know it there's no contact it's very much like a training game and now he's been thrown in goodness me so um, Leno now has the ball uh, at the other end of the pitch and uh, Dalberg will be hoping that the ball comes nowhere near him for the next 15 or so minutes Leno rows the ball out to Mustafi, Mustafi to Socrates, and uh, Socrates plays it forward now and to Chaka, but uh, Chalabar's there and wins the ball off Chaka, and Chaka's not having a great game, it has to be said, but uh, Ozil has come running over, and oh, and he, foul, he, fouls, he fouls Chalabar, I don't really know what Ozil's doing, and Mike Dean's had enough, and he's come across and he's booked Ozil, the petulance in this man sometimes is very difficult to understand, I he had no reason, he ran like... I don't know what 30 feet uh, what's that 10 yards uh, to tackle Chalabar who just nicked the ball off Chaka and uh, he's given Watford another free kick in a dangerous area it's halfway into the Arsenal half and um Watford will take everything they get. There's only 15 minutes to go now, and Watford are desperate for a goal. Currently in 19th position uh, with 38 points, desperately need a goal. Their goal difference, if only their goal difference was better uh, or equaled Brighton's, then they would be out of the relegation zone. There's four teams on 38 points, and uh, it's Messina again who comes up. And uh, there's no wall from Arsenal. I find that very peculiar. Uh, they have committed quite a lot of players forward here. Watford and Cabaselli and Cathcart have gone up there. Firmino has stayed back. Messina will take the, uh, the the free kick, and Chalabar and Kapu have gone forward. Decore has come deeper this time with Firmino. They don't want to get hit on the break with Lacazette and Aubameyang staying forward. And Welbeck's gone into the box again to the far post. Dini around the penalty spot, trying to find a little bit of space between Mustafi and Socrates. And uh, here comes Messina, and he's taking, making no, uh, taking very, being very quick to this one. And he hits it with his left foot, and he floats the ball in there. But it's Socrates who gets to it, and he heads it away. And the ball goes up in the air, and Leno comes and just catches it. And uh, really, again, a bit of a wasted opportunity there, David. Yes, it was, but uh, I don't like uh, what, what I'm seeing. I'm so sorry. I, I, I must uh, stop saying <laughs> the same thing over and over again, Colin. But uh, that what Ozil did then, I just I, I don't understand. For me, that just take him off. Just get him off the pitch. Bring someone else on who wants to play. Um, get Willock on or someone like that. Um, I don't know, but uh, I don't like to see this. He runs across just to, just to foul a player. Why? Yes, uh, it's very strange. We are now 32 minutes in to the second half we're approaching the 80 minute mark and uh, time is getting tight Watford fans are looking desperate over there to my right in that little corner on the bottom tier the singing really has stopped they are nervous and they are in the relegation zone and currently it is Brighton and Bournemouth who are the ones that will stay up and West Ham and Watford will go down which will be a disaster for West Ham but Aston Villa are down to 10 men so West Ham will have a chance
So, Leno now with the ball, and uh, he's uh, rolled it out to Chaku, who's come short and he's turned. And again, this, and they're very, very deep, Arsenal. I don't really understand. And uh, Dini's there pushing pressure on Chaku again, and Welbeck's uh, up with Bellerin. He tries to pass it to Bellerin, but Welbeck gets the ball off Bellerin, and he turns and plays it back to Messina, who stayed up and... Uh, Here's Messina again, and he passes it inside to Chalabar. Chalabar to Kapu, much better from Watford. Quick movement, quick one-touch football to Decore, to Decore to Saar there. Saar into Dini, just on the D with his back to goal. Plays it into Decore, who shoots with his right foot, and it's a good shot. He gets it well. He tries to bend it with his right foot inside the, the right-hand post as, as he will look at it, but unfortunately doesn't quite get enough bend on it. And the ball goes out for a goal kick, but really Arsenal are giving the ball away in very dangerous areas, Kenny. Aye, they are, and I just don't understand. I'm totally with David here. You know, Arsenal are just sitting back deeper and deeper. I don't know what they want. I mean, why don't they get the ball? He's brought on a second striker. So what's Arteta thinking now? I mean, you bring on a second striker, you want the ball further up the pitch. What's Lacazette come on for if he's not going to get the ball? But they're just knocking it about at the back and eventually they will make a mistake, I'm sure, and Watford will, will benefit from it. But oh, it's very, very uh, difficult <laughs> for Watford. Uh, we're coming up now to 80 minutes and I don't know, it's, it's not looking great for them. No, the Hornets are in deep trouble uh, as we speak and Leno is taking uh, an age to get the ball back from the crowd there, from his own fans behind the goal. The Watford fans are booing and hissing. They want the game to be restarted as quickly as they can and Mike Dean's come across and say, Leno, get on with it, son, otherwise I'm going to book you. And... Um, Leno sort of shrugs his shoulders and puts the ball down. And then he picks it up and he walks across the other side of the six-yard line. Now Mike Dean is coming there and he is going to book Leno for that and uh, quite rightly too. And, and uh, with 10 minutes to go, of course, he won't be able to do that again because he'll get sent off, which would be a shame. And at the other end of the pitch, Pontus Dahlberg is yet to touch the ball um, and uh, he'll like very much to keep it that way. Leno kicks the ball long from the goal kick and it is Aubameyang who collects the ball Chalabar is with him there trying to get the ball off him but he plays it to his uh, his teammate Lacazette Lacazette has the ball now and Kapu comes round the back of Chalabar to, to try and tackle Lacazette before he gets onto the back four and uh, and there Cabaselli comes out but Lacazette has kept the ball and it's Bellerin who's come on the overlap now past Ozil on that right wing and receives the ball from Lacazette Lacazette now plays it Bellerin now plays it into Aubameyang and uh, this is something slightly better and slightly more frightening now from Arsenal and uh, Aubameyang plays it out to Saka out there on the left wing Saka cuts inside plays it back to Aubameyang Aubameyang to Lacazette again and they're starting to toy with this Watford backline but they're keeping their they're keeping their nerve the Watford uh, backline keeping their position uh, the four at the back there with two in front and uh, it's difficult for Arsenal to find some space but Bellerin is still up and receives the ball from Lacazette now Bellerin is going to take on Messina he does take on Messina and he, he gets in behind him and, and he crosses the ball and there's Lacazette with the volley oh! No, no, no! How can that be? Dahlberg, Pontus Dahlberg, the 20-year-old Swedish goalkeeper, has somehow managed to get across his goal and palm that ball over the crossbar. What an incredible save. His first touch in the game. And uh, he's been absolutely mobbed by his teammates. He's jumped up. He's pushing them away. He's telling them to get organised for the corner. He's not having it. But the young man must be... Oh, and while the corner will be uh, waiting for the corner to be done, we have to go back to the London Stadium. Paul Sabata! It's West Ham 1, Aston Villa 2. Oh, my word. Villa had won a succession of corners. Greenish infuriating the home support by keeping the ball in the corner. But when this true home player is out of the penalty area, he put a fine ball in. Mings got a knockdown. And Umbana Samata held himself at it. A ferocious header, barely at knee height. 2-1 Villa and West Ham United are going to be relegated. 
That is extraordinary news. Ten men, uh, thank you, Paul, for that. Ten man Aston Villa scoring in the 80th minute there at the London Stadium, and that really has doomed West Ham to relegation. They'd have to score, what would they have to score? Two goals in the last ten minutes to give themselves any chance of getting out of the relegation zone. But here at Watford, we have just seen something so... Well, not at Watford, at the, the Emirates. I'm so sorry, I'm all over the place now with just a few minutes to go. And uh, my word, what a save that was from the young man, Kenny. That's incredible. I don't know how he did it. The ball came across from Berlin and Lacazette was just there, ready to knock it in. And uh, he hit it absolutely cleanly, like a pile driver. But for somehow, he read the ball and he got across and he got his fingertips on it. It's gone out for an Arsenal corner. And uh, as you see, his teammates absolutely mobbed the young man. And uh, what a fantastic save. And if he never plays for Watford again, <laughs> he'll be known uh, for that save. David, what are you saying about that? I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I mean, how do you not score? Lacazette is a, a you know is a is an experienced striker. You you have to put it where the goalkeeper isn't. It is a good save. I, I would say it's a good save, better than good. But um, really, the, he should score. It's a perfect cross from Bellerin, and Lacazette gets it. And uh, no, so still uh, no second goal for Arsenal. No, and here here we have a uh, a corner now uh, for Arsenal, and it will be Bellerin to take it. Bellerin has uh, played well in this game. He's had a lot to deal with with um, with Welbeck uh, on his case pretty much from the beginning. But here's Bellerin now, and he. He takes the corner, but it's a poor one. And Dalberg just uh, comes out to the six-yard line and catches it. And uh, no Arsenal player really made much of an effort to get his head on that. So it is still Arsenal 1, Watford 0. And currently, after um, 83 minutes, we have the bottom three. is Watford on 38 points, West Ham on 37 points, and Norwich on 31 points. And those are the three teams going down unless something changes. So uh, we are close now very close just seven minutes from the end and uh, Watford really need to do something Dalberg has the ball now and he's rolled it out uh, to Messina just to the edge of the area the Arsenal players have retreated uh, back towards the halfway line and Messina has time to bring the ball out we haven't seen a lot of Saar in the second half, but they've kept him pretty well marshaled, Tierney and Saka down there uh, on Watford's right-hand side. And we'd like to see Saar get on the ball, but uh, Watford seemed to have the bit between their teeth. And although Arsenal just had a fantastic chance to score, they didn't take it. And uh, Watford will take hope from that. And Watford fans behind that goal that Watford are attacking are willing these wonderful players in yellow and black to uh, score the goal that will keep them in the Premier League but can they do it we'll find out in the next five or six minutes my goodness me this game has gone fast the second half has gone absolutely crazy we've been flying around the country listening to goals and players and teams dropping into relegation and jumping out of relegation it's been a fantastic afternoon so far and thank you very much to the reporters from those other grounds now it is Firminia on the ball now, on the right. It's come across to him. Arsenal are uh, retreating into their own half. So Firminia comes forward. This is one of the few times we've seen this. And uh, he's, in fact, taken the ball beyond Saar and into the Arsenal into the Arsenal half. And uh, here comes uh, Saar now. He picks up the ball from Firminia, but Firminia keeps his run. He's uh, running on Tierney. He's having to deal with Firminia. And uh, Saar is cut inside and slowed down and passed it back to Capu. And Capu plays it sideways to Chalabar and it goes forward into Decore. Watford can keep the ball at their will, but can they break down this Arsenal defence and Dini is imploring his team to get forward come on lads it's only another five minutes to go we've got to try and get a goal here and uh, and uh, Decore has the ball passes it out to Welbeck Welbeck back to Chalabar but we're all inside the Arsenal half a complete reversal from the first half every single player is in the Arsenal half 
except for Pontus Dahlberg, who has just made a season-defining save uh, against a shot from Lacazette. And it is Welbeck on the ball now. And Welbeck plays it across to Decore. Decore to Saar. Here comes Saar now. And uh, Firmino is outside him, making the overlap. Is he going to use him? Tierney has to cover the run of Firmino. Socrates is coming out. Saar now takes on Socrates and gets behind him. And he's into the box and he buzzes it. Postman delivers Troy Deeney on a 10-year odyssey from an estate in Birmingham, spending some time at Her Majesty's pleasure and now becoming an absolute legend at Watford Football Club. He scored that goal against Leicester, but this one is even more important. This is the goal that will keep Watford in the Premier League. 86 minutes gone. The ball, the little deft chip from Saar. Wonderful work from Saar, cutting inside and... Oh, Mustafi made a terrible howler there. He really tried to clear the ball and he actually missed the ball and uh, he fell over there and the ball came across to Deeney and from that range, eight yards out, he does not miss. As I say, Troy Deeney is the postman. He always delivers when it matters and uh, fortunately for Watford, it is now Arsenal 1, Watford 1 with just three or four minutes to go and that has changed everything. Aston Villa now in 15th place, Watford in 16th place on 39 points and if it stays like this they will be safe no matter what happens elsewhere. Brighton above the, uh, the relegation zone on 38 points and it is Bournemouth who have dropped into the relegation zone despite being ahead uh, in the game at Everton and West Ham I fear are pretty much relegated. So well lads, what an extraordinary end to this game. Uh, it was really Firmini's overlap that, that confused Tierney. He hadn't had to deal with that. And Socrates came across and Saar was just too quick. And we've seen this happen to central defenders when they have to come across and look after Saar. And he could have played the overlap or even played the ball through to Firmini on the byline because he was well behind Tierney. But he may well have been offside. So he just kept the ball. And when he got into the box, of course you can't tackle Saar because he will go down and it will be a penalty. But... He picked his pass and Mustafi there tried to clear it and missed it completely and Dini sort of seemed to take it just on the top of his right thigh and the ball dropped down nicely and on the half volley he slammed it home past Burnt Leno and my word, this man just keeps giving Watford fantastic moments. He's there right now in front of the fans, he's saluting the fans in his usual manner, he's being absolutely mobbed. Mike Dean's had to run over to say, come on, you've got to play the rest of this football match. Some Watford fans are trying to get on the pitch, but the stewards have, have stopped that from happening, and that is a very, very good thing. But what a fantastic goal from Troy Deeney. I cannot believe I've witnessed uh, in person the goal he scored against Leicester in that playoff semi-final uh, a few years ago now, many years ago now. But to watch this one again, Troy Deeney, always the man on the moment to score the goal that will keep Watford in the Premier League if they don't concede in these last couple of minutes. And... Um, Watford players have now walking back to the centre. I'm absolutely breathless, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at home. I do apologise if uh, I'm not making a huge amount of sense. It's such a fantastic moment for Watford Football Club to see Deeney score this goal. Can he take over while I, I, I get a breather? I, I mean, well, you wouldn't uh, expect anybody else... Uh, as you see, he's been on a fantastic odyssey, 10 years at the club, and uh, he's had his ups and downs, and the downs were pretty pretty bad, but he's built himself up, he's changed the way he thinks about life and uh, about his family and about himself, 
and he's taken himself very seriously as a footballer and he's an absolute legend at Watford and I would go further and say that he has the potential there with a couple, two, three years left in his in his career here at Watford to be a Premier League legend. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see in the future someone like Troy Deeney who has really done something very magical at what is you know, a, a smaller club in the Premier League, one of the smallest along with Burnley and Bournemouth and Brighton and you know, to, to keep this team uh, together through some difficult managerial changes and to and to and to score this goal is absolutely fantastic. I mean, Mustafi, I don't know, he should hang his head in shame there. It was a terrible piece of defending. David, can you bear to say anything? Uh, Colleen, um, when your team uh, plays the way they have played, they deserve everything they get and... Um, I don't think Mustafi should ever play for Arsenal again, I'm sorry. Uh, there are players in this team that uh, are not fit, really, to, to, to take the club forward. I don't say they're not fit to wear the shirt. They are professional footballers, they are good people. And, but uh, they are not the, the players that will take this team forward and challenge for titles and cups. But, because, as you see, uh, I've been saying all the way along, from the 30th minute, you know, we see this lackadaisical attitude from Arsenal and uh, yes and, and you know you see uh, this kind of defending um, Socrates uh, he shouldn't come he should let Tierney deal with that he should wait to see if the ball is played to Firmenia he doesn't do that doesn't keep the shape he comes out he gets caught the Saar goes by him and that leaves Mustafi on his own with Dini and um, the ball comes across and Mustafi tries to clear it and misses it and, uh, but still Dini has lots to do he brings it down as you say on his thigh and scores and that is what Dini does and I, I love this man I know him very well uh, uh, Troy Dini is one of those people that when you meet him you don't forget him and uh, he's um, a very very good man and as you say he has been on this uh, odyssey and uh, today is uh, the pinnacle of that I suspect for him to keep his club the club that really is uh, represented by him he is the face of Watford Football Club uh, for him to get this goal is uh, an amazing achievement for him and for the team thank you for those uh, we have to go um, up to Goodison Park uh, I think it's full time there Kelly Summers well it finished here Everton nil, Bournemouth 1 Eddie Howe looked to the sky as the full time whistle went here at Goodison this was the stadium he'll have dreamt of playing at as a youngster and after numerous attempts as a manager this Bournemouth side have finally won here and whilst it is a huge win as it stands result elsewhere in this isn't enough Ryan Fraser's 38th minute wonder goal looked to have secured their Premier League status for a sixth consecutive season and it actually got even easier in the second half with former Hornet Richarlison sent off maybe he too knew the emotion of the occasion he saw red for a reckless push on Cook but it wasn't just about events here Bournemouth needed at least two other teams in the relegation mix-up to lose but they haven't. As it stands, if the other results elsewhere remain, Bournemouth's stay in the Premier League is coming to an end. Everton nil, Bournemouth one. Thank you, Kelly. We've got a couple of minutes left to play here. We're just into added time. And uh, I don't think many Watford fans will be pleased to see Bournemouth go down. I know there's a strong rivalry between the two clubs. They came up together. They're very different sort of setups. And But uh, I think most Watford fans enjoy the trip to Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth fans enjoy the trip to Vicarage Row. They enjoy that rivalry. And I think that is a sad day for Eddie Howe. He's been a fantastic. He's taken that club from almost 92nd in the league all the way into the Premier League. Kept them up for five years. And I think it's very sad, especially as they got a win today away at Goodison, which is not a easy thing uh, and so that is very very sad news we just got a couple of minutes there games restarted but there really is not much going on Watford have the ball in their own half Chalabar passes it to Kapu there uh, the Watford fans are whistling hoping for the final whistle and uh, plays it forward to Saar and Saar into Deeney the man of the moment Troy Deeney the postman who always delivers for Watford and um, he's got the ball now and uh, Bamiang is coming over to uh, and that's it that is the final whistle Mike Dean blows 
the final whistle here at the Emirates and um, the Watford players are rushing over to their fans to celebrate. Watford have stayed up with a 86 minute goal from the main man Troy Deeney to get the equaliser which has kept them in the Premier League and uh, yes uh, what an extraordinary game uh, it's been Watford have been knocking on the door really since about the 30th minute but it took them to the 86th minute a lovely run from Saan a dummy run overlap from Firminia which opened up the Arsenal defence finally and the ball come across and Mustafi missed it and <laughs> Dini was there to knock it home and that will be relief and joy unparalleled for Watford fans this evening wherever you are in the world whether you're in Sydney, Australia New York, California Mumbai, if you're a Watford fan anywhere in the world, you will be cheering as you listen to this commentary. You will know that the main man has done it again. The skipper, Troy Deeney, has made the difference. What an extraordinary set of results we've got, but we're still playing. Oh, I'm getting news from Turf Moor. Let's go over to my old mucker, Mike Hodges. Oh my God, Colin, it's a, it's a goal. This goal's been scored, and it's been scored by the home team, Burnley. Wood got on the end of a, of a speculative cross and uh, he used it, came off his shin, his knee, came off some part of his body and it squirted past the Brighton goalkeeper to make it Burnley 1, Brighton 1 and uh, that is an absolute disaster for Brighton. They have dropped into the relegation zone with a matter of seconds left in this game. The Brighton fans are desperate. They're they can't believe what they've just witnessed and oh and that is in fact the final whistle the final whistle has been blown here Colin at Turf Moor the final score is Burnley 1 Brighton 1 Brighton are relegated oh my word I didn't see that coming I completely forgot about the game between Burnley and Brighton and what it would mean if Burnley got an equaliser so Oh, my word, that's, that's an extraordinary result. So currently Brighton are relegated uh, alongside Norwich, but there is still football being played at the London Stadium. If West Ham can get uh, a goal now, it, it may be enough. I don't know. We're going to go to Paul Seferta. It is a corner kick. It goes into the box and there goes Frick, but no, he's missed it. And no, no, that's the final whistle. And it has finished here. West Ham United 1, Aston Villa 2, West Ham are relegated and it's fair to say that the home support are not taking this with quiet resignation. There is an immediate loud and angry protest going on around the ground in front of me. Um, a game of two halves at London Stadium, a tense, rather low-key first half, no goals or, or much of anything really, but, but that changed after the interval. McGinn put the visitors ahead, released by Grealish, the first shot of the game. Noble equalised from the spot after Rayner's red card. The home side threw absolutely everything at Villa. When the visitors released some pressure with a series of corners, Mings got his head to a cross. Samata threw himself at it and powered ahead of home from around knee height. Um, the game died a little after that. West Ham took a few minutes to, to regather. And although they pressed again towards the end, it wasn't enough. It does seem to me that Chris Kavanagh has shown another red card after the final whistle. Perhaps to Angelo Ogbonna, who was involved in a confrontation with Jack Grealish. I'll confirm those details, but it's definitely finished here. West Ham United 1, Aston Villa 2, Villa are safe, West Ham are down. Well, my goodness, what an afternoon we've had. We have been here at the Emirates watching a very exciting game between Arsenal and Watford. Paul Seferza there at the London Stadium watching the most extraordinary game of football. That means West Ham are relegated alongside the Seagulls, Brighton and Hove Albion have gone down, Graham Potter's men have been relegated. But joy, joy unparalleled, presumably, 
up at Goodison Park, Kelly Summers. What I can tell you, Colin, is that the Bournemouth end to my far right has gone absolutely bonkers. Eddie Howe is on his knees. The stars have certainly aligned for him. He's come to the ground of the club. He grew up supporting seniors team win and whilst at one point it wasn't enough. Now, thanks to a goal scored by the club, he left Bournemouth to manage Burnley. His side are staying up. He's usually the king of the poker face, but even he can't hide what this means at full time. They were staring down the trap doors of the championship, but they are out of the drop zone and are staying up. The team back out on the pitch celebrating with their fans. Ryan Fraser, the goal scorer, is being lifted up onto Steve Cook's shoulders. This is what staying in the Premier League means. And of course, this means yet another tasty rivalry match between Watford and Bournemouth next season. I'm not sure about you, but I don't want this season to end. I can't wait. Um, I'm very concerned about what's happening at the London Stadium as we speak. Um, here at the Emirates, the entire Watford squad, including the management and coaches, are celebrating down there in front of 3,000 crazy Hornet fans. And uh, that is wonderful to see. And Troy Deeney's very much in the middle of that. He's done it again. He's kept his team up. Uh, they haven't really been threatened with relegation in the last few seasons uh, really at all since their time in the Premier League and nor of Bournemouth. Both clubs were very much in danger uh, today and they have both managed to survive and I suspect there will be some sadness from all around the leagues uh, about the relegation of Brighton. Brighton is a wonderful place to go to watch your team play as an away fan. It's a very friendly ground. You have a fantastic day out there on the south coast in Brighton. You get that funny little train that takes you along to former and you walk into the ground and that we won't be doing. The Premier League sides won't be doing that next season. But um, they're well-owned, Brighton. Uh, they're stable. They've got a good coach there. And uh, I suspect we will see them in the Premier League before too long. But at the London Stadium, things are really starting to hot up. And uh, I am concerned. I have seen uh, some pictures here on my monitor. Police on the pitch. Uh, uh, certain fans are on the pitch. We have seen this in previous seasons. And uh, I can see uh, Sullivan and Gold being ushered away out of the director's box and away. And Trevor Brooking there standing up and trying really to calm down the fans. They're very, very angry. They can't believe after moving to this big ground selling 56,000 season tickets. It was all about going up to the next level, the top six, the top four, Champions League football, buying the best players. And uh, despite having spent a lot of money on players, they are now relegated to the championship. Now, as far as I remember, Kenny, um, West Ham is a team that, you know, once a decade does get relegated and comes back. But I think since the move, uh, no one really thought that was going to happen. No, uh, it is a very sad time, and I'm watching those pictures myself, and that is getting a little bit out of control. Um, there's quite a lot of police there now, and uh, I just hope those Villa fans are, are being well looked after and well marshaled, because um, what we don't want to see is anyone get hurt, but um, you can feel the pain, and most of the ire from those West Ham fans is directed not at Villa, fan, uh, Villa fans, but uh, at their own board, at their own directors, and... Uh, Ah, it's um, it's a sad day for Hammers fans, I must say, and uh, but it's not surprising. We've seen the slow slip at, at that club and uh, bringing David Moyes back. Much as I love the man, I don't know that that was um, the right choice. But I think the previous choice was the one where they really made a mess of things. David had them going. He had Anatovic in his pocket there. He had him on side, and uh, they went for Pellegrini. And I, I think that was a mistake. He wasn't able to really galvanise the club. Didn't really understand what West Ham is and. Uh, once he was sacked, bringing back David Moyes felt like a backward step. It was like admitting you'd made a mistake. And uh, I don't suppose that went very well. He didn't have the players and players haven't performed for him really. And uh, it's a sad day, as I say, for Hammers fans. A very sad day for the Seagull fans as well. But um, 
that's football, isn't it? Three teams have got to go down. They go down every season. David, what's your view on um, what we've seen this afternoon? Yes, I'm also very sad. Uh, a lot of good French players, including my good friend Dimitri Payet, uh, play for West Ham. And um, that really is the story of today, I think. Uh, to see uh, such a big club with a big move to this big new stadium. And um, no, it hasn't worked out and uh, they will have to they'll have to rebuild but uh, to imagine that big stadium uh, hosting games in the championship with maybe half the number of fans um, yes it's going to be very difficult there's going to be a lot of angry people down there in the, in the east side of London and um, but uh, on the other hand of course for Watford fans it is uh, joy and I'm pleased for Watford I think they have played very well this afternoon once they realised that Arsenal were sitting back weren't too bothered they really got on the front foot and they created chance after chance and you just wondered whether the goal would come but eventually as you say Troy Deeney the main man he scores the goal and uh, Watford stay up and also I think for Bournemouth I like Eddie Howe I like Bournemouth, I like the way they play, they always play attacking football, get forward, they, they buy a lot of young talent and try to develop it and this season has been very, very difficult for Eddie Howe but uh, in the end beating uh, Everton um, uh, it looked like it was not going to be enough as uh, Kelly said but uh, eventually it was enough and um, so they have stayed up and Aston Villa I think I mean well the Bournemouth staying up because Burnley score a goal that is like a Houdini thing yes I mean with only minutes to go Burnley score a goal they don't need to score but they score it Brighton can see the goal and suddenly it is Bournemouth who stay up and Brighton who go down that is like a that is a magic uh, escape for Bournemouth but for Aston Villa I think they've had a very good season Yes, they spent a lot of money on players, but um, they have had very difficult times. But in the end, 41 points, it's enough. They've done well, they can rebuild again. They are a big old grand club in this, uh, in this country. They have won the European Cup, uh, they have won titles and cups. And uh, it's good to see Aston Villa back in this league. And um, yes, for one, I, I think, although I'm very sad for, for West Ham, uh, I think that that has been a storm that has been coming for a number of seasons and uh, today we have seen a lightning strike and uh, the thunder and the rain has come down and uh, West Ham have been, sorry my metaphors are absolutely appalling Colin, <laughs> I do apologise, but uh, they are going down and um, I think Bournemouth, uh, I think Brighton uh, will have a good chance to come back up, they have the parachute payments and they are, as you say, well managed Kenny and uh, they are well owned and there is stability there and that is what you need if you are going to bounce back and forth Burnley have done it and uh, Norwich have done it as well and Norwich will hope to do it again they have a good coach I hope they keep that team together I'm sad for Norwich but uh, they have been down for a couple of weeks so yes a very sad day for some and a very very happy day for others um, yes that's uh, pretty much all I've got to say but I do want to say this that if Arsenal continue to play in the way they played in this game if they start next season like that they will not get in the Champions League they will not challenge for title they will not challenge for FA Cup they will not even challenge in the Europa League I mean there is something seriously wrong at my club and it is to do with the attitude of the players and uh, they don't seem to have a winning mentality um, it has been very disappointing for me to watch them today I'm sorry to hear that, David. It's been fantastic having you alongside me, of course. Your insight into Arsenal are, are really uh, fantastic for us. And uh, yes, a, a sad day. And one can't really get away from the sadness today uh, watching a team of the size of West Ham get relegated into the Championship. It has happened to them before, but not under these kinds of circumstances. And uh, uh, the police do seem now to have control of the situation. And fans are beginning to leave the ground. Um, this will rumble on, I suspect. There'll be inquiries and... Um, 
But the Villa fans are being kept in the ground and they're surrounded by stewards, so they are safe. If you're worried, listening uh, as someone who knows um, uh, a fan who is at that game, a Villa fan at that game, I can tell you that they are being well looked after. They are safe in that away end. Uh, they're not helping themselves. Some of them are not helping themselves by goading the West Ham fans, but um, that's what football fans do, I'm afraid. And uh, slowly the West Ham fans are leaving the ground and uh, things have calmed down at the London Stadium. Kenny, your final words on today's proceedings. I'm just absolutely breathless, Colin. I've never known a relegation last day where you've got five clubs and and only and two of them are going to go down only three can stay up but it's been an absolutely fantastic afternoon I've been on the edge of my seat and you've been fantastic again Colin uh, kept us abreast of everything and the wonderful correspondence around the country as well so it's been quite an amazing afternoon and I must admit I did not think that West Ham would get relegated I thought they'd they were outside of the relegation zone at the beginning of the afternoon they just really needed to get a home win you know a home win against another relegation threatened side and they weren't able to do it they couldn't even do it when Aston Villa went down to 10 men so in the end you know it's the old maxim the old cliche that the the table doesn't lie and it's a 38 game season not a 37 game season that's the point and if it was a 37 game season West Ham would still be in the Premier League but uh, it's not it's a 38 game season and uh, they're going down to the Championship and it is sad but it's of their own making they could, should have won today they should have got their home results and uh, couldn't beat Watford a, a week, a couple of weeks ago so nil all draw then and really that was um, th those drop points at home have really made the difference and what about Brighton Kenny I can only echo what everyone else has said it's a good club and I'm sad to see a young English manager British manager get relegated because it won't help his cause but hopefully the owner will will stick in the way that Burnley did with Sean Dyche and, and give him a chance to bring that team up they've got some good players they need a couple of extra uh, you know maybe a couple of players to come in and, and help but the championship is so so hard and uh, so it will be very difficult for them even with the parachute payments and the bigger budget to get back out because there's some big big clubs in the championship are desperate to get into the Premier League so uh, we'll have to wait and see next season but as for Watford, congratulations, Colin. Your team did it. Your man did it. He scored the goal and it kept you up. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kenny. I'm absolutely delighted. I shall be popping a God bottle of champagne, I think, later when I get home to celebrate this one-all draw at the Emirates and, uh, and the result of that being that Watford have stayed in the Premier League. Thank you, gentlemen, for a fantastic afternoon. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to this uh, this coverage today on FTREFM radio do have a listen to the from the rookery end podcast which will follow this uh, those fine gentlemen john mooney jason bailey and mike parkin will be discussing everything that's happened today here and uh, they are really really worth a listen and don't forget to tune in to hornetheaven.com where i'm sure uh, the residents of hornet heaven will be uh, as nervous as uh, as we were uh, as they pick up the program and go through the old turnstile to watch this game in the afterlife if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. Go to hornetheaven.com and find out. Just before we go, I want to say thank you to our wonderful reporters around the grounds of the UK. We had Kelly Summers up at Goodison, Mike Hodges, my old mucker at Turf Moor, and at the London Stadium, Paul Seferta. I do hope you're safe there. And uh, thank you so much to all of you for contributing so brilliantly to this afternoon's broadcast. But for today, here on Relegation Showdown Sunday... Here on FTRE FM Radio, this is Colin Mace saying thank you for listening and goodbye.